to you. I know you got some questions. What's the hardest thing you're going through? Let's talk about it. Talking about mountains, talking about pain. Talking about my life, when will it change? Talking about all things. God can do all things. Talking about nights, I lose my way. And my dreams that have been erased. Talking about all things. I said I can do all things. <laughs> I understand. It's a good day to have a good day. We are blessed indeed. Seventy-one degrees, the sun is shining where I am. Hope the weather is kind to you wherever you are.
Yes, indeed. Miracles are still happening. God is still in the miracle business. So don't you dare give up. he does and those miracles will amaze you better believe that it is gonna happen for you you just gotta believe never give up keep working the thing is this we we put things out there right we say we want this we need this but we have to do something to be able to get what it is that we want or what we need whatever change it is that we are desirous of whether it's change in our health, our finances, whatever. We have to put the work in and it will happen. We can't just sit down and sit still saying God is going to do it for me. He needs you to act through faith and believe that it will happen.
keep pushing towards what it is that you want and when the time is right your breakthrough will be right there It is 10 after the top of the hour. Coming up shortly, we're going to let you know what we're going to be talking about today. Headlines from all around the world. Remember, life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Pace yourselves and do me a favor. Never compare your success or your timeline with someone else's, right? Yeah, don't do that to yourselves, all right? When the time is right, it will happen for you. Gotta pull up this one from Kirk Franklin. When the time is right, it will definitely happen for you, all right? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you? No, he hasn't. Let's go. His time, not yours. And his time, trust me, is the right time. You in your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. Come on.
Time for us to go ahead and let you know what's going on around the world. It's time for the headlines. Of course, before we do that, I gotta say good morning to all our listeners around the world. Everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Of course, I gotta say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Good morning to everyone here with me so far. Thank you so much. It is Tuesday, May 9th, Turned Up Tuesday. Thank you for joining me for Coffee Into World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, it is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media. Follow, like, share, comment, do all that good stuff. And here's what we have going on for you today in the Caribbean corner. The Caribbean heat season warms up and may be hotter than usual. Dominica rattled by early morning earthquake. Guyana invests billions to drive housing development. St. Vincent Prime Minister wants severing of umbilical cord with the British monarchy. No comment from JDF amid allegation soldiers failed to intervene in West Kingston murder. Manhunt is underway for self-proclaimed killer in viral videos. Plans in place for Jamaica, UAE cooperation in tourism. And that being said, work is scheduled to resume on a U.S. $1 billion Charisma Hotel Group property in St. Dan. Shellyann Fraser-Price named Laureus Sportswoman of the Year. And T.O.K. cuts ties with You know that song. Yep, their famous song that has garnered over 12 million views on YouTube. So they're parting ways to say with that song. Out of Latin America, dozens are reported dead from a fire deep in a gold mine in Peru. Peru. 
But I don't know why I'm singing songs this morning. You know, get it together. Colombia resumes removal flights repatriating citizens from U.S. The announcement comes a day after Colombia announced the suspension of the flight, citing cruel treatment. On the international scene, U.K. court jails Nigerian senator and wife for organ harvest plot. Oh, boy. So, Ike Ekweremadu, and I hope I said it right. It's a long name, right? Sentenced to nine years and eight months, and wife Beatrice sentenced to four years and six months. China to expel Canadian diplomat in a tit-for-tat move. U.S. to provide... <laughs> Listen, folks, my U.S. folks, um... <laughs> I think we all need to pack up and move to Ukraine because the benefits are over there. The money just keeps pouring into Ukraine. Well... <laughs> oh gosh, I gotta get this one out. U.S. to provide Ukraine 1.2 billion dollars in long-term security aid. Hey, what about my aid here, U.S.? I need some help. Lord help me, Jesus. <sighs> Charity does not begin at home, folks. Whoever told you that lied to you. In Australia, scientists begin vaccinating koalas against chlamydia. What the heck? I didn't know koalas got cooked. <laughs> you know what? Um, in, in news out of North America, the Brownsville driver who hit a crowd of asylum seekers is charged with manslaughter. Hmm. And Richard Dreyfus on new Oscars diversity rules. They make me vomit, he says. In business and tech news, uh, the U.S. sees increase in wages beating inflation as hiring rises in key industries. Okay, they must be know something I don't know because... Uh, we're hearing about cuts, more job cuts coming up. Biden wants airlines to pay passengers whose flights are hit by preventable delays. In health and science news, the FDA considers first birth control pill without a prescription. And believe it or not, stories, a frontier passenger boards the wrong plane and lands in a different country without passport. In the brew, entertainment news. Does this mean I'm a Niger man finally? Drake shares his father's ancestry results. And former RHOA, Real Housewives of Atlanta star Kim Zosiak and husband Croy Beerman reportedly owe the IRS over $1.1 million in unpaid taxes. And how is she going to file for divorce because they now broke. Tell, listen, you're making some of us good women look really bad. Because what I'm hearing here is you only need, we only want you if you got money. If you don't have no money, we don't want you. And as, you know, as soon as the money's done, the fun is done. My dad used to say that a lot. Money done, fun done. All right, we're going to be back with the details of these stories and more. <laughs> After a little more music to wake us up, get our blood pumping. It is turned up Tuesday. Here is the dream rocking that thing. To know that I'm hooked on your body and I'm trying to be yours. Radio killer, She's going right, she's going left, I had it, myself, I got 
like a pony. Cameras up, cameras flash. I'm pretty, tryna last. I wanna change her name to Mrs. Nice. There's nothing left to say. Cause she rockin' that thing like. She rockin' that thing like. Seven PM Eastern live on the Quality Music Zone QMZRadio.com live on JanoRadio.com your non-stop party vibe station live on ViscosityBlend.com also live on WKRISCoffeeRadio.com the Rose Solo Show just check it out. Get on my knees till they bloody red See, I don't know if you get it yet He's like the lighter to my cigarette I never knew another human life Could have the power to take over mine So baby, 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 baby For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Personality, I love your sensitivity. Wait, let me take a second, cause I'll be your loving essence only. When I hear your voice speak and I feel your body heat, love every minute of it. You'll get the fresh air when it feels like no one cares. That's why I say your name. Nobody's gonna love me better. I must stick with you forever. It is 25 after the top of the hour. If you have somewhere to be at the bottom, get there safely in the next five minutes, please.
don't forget to go ahead and download the John No Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. John No Radio, take us on the go. the details and great conversation coming right up jennifer lopez featuring ladies love cool james lip licking cool james Once again to everyone logged on 
and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, I gotta say good morning to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Welcome to Coffee Into World News on the Go. This is where I read the news and we share our views. It is a, it is the bottom of the hour. We're going to go ahead and kick it off in the Caribbean corner. Remembers the song. Who sing? I think it's Arrow. If I'm not mistaken, I think Arrow. You know, let me look for it before I um uh before I put my foot in my mouth. Uh, yes, it is Arrow. <laughs> Who remembers this song? Well, it has been a hot couple of months for many Caribbean islands with no end in sight to the excessive heat. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. According to the Barbados-based Caribbean Climate Outlook Forum, in its heat outlook for May to October 2023, excessive heat can be expected, especially in August and September. The heat outlook forecast notes May to July, marking the first half of the Caribbean heat season, may well be hotter than usual for most. Intense nighttime and daytime heat is inspected is expected rather in much of the Caribbean from August to September, October, marking the peak of the heat season. The implications of the heat season, frequent and possibly intense episodes of heat stress in the vulnerable population and small livestock and of course that's because of high temperature and increasing humidity from may through september uh cooling needs uh, are going to be rising sharply towards august and september over in saint martin the meteorological department in its seasonal outlook for may to july 2023 states models are indicating that rainfall totals for the season may to june well may june july are likely to be near the normal range in St. Martin and the rest of the Caribbean. So, so funny that Empress would put in the chat, um, hydrated, yes. <laughs> we gotta stay hydrated, folks, in the tropics. Yep, yep, yep. Um, if you have to be out in the sun a lot, please um, wear your sunscreen if you need it, right? Or wear hats, wear um, clothing, that is comfortable cotton is good cotton underwear both men and women if you can wear 100 percent cotton underwear that is re- highly recommended for you um especially for women you know because excessive heat can um contribute to utis and yeast infections and all of that so 
we want to take extra precaution, take good care of ourselves as the heat comes upon us. All right. Okay. Um, next up, we head on over to Dominica. Dominica was rattled by an early morning earthquake yesterday. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. An earthquake with a magnitude of 3.6 occurred northeast of Dominica yesterday. The University of the West Indies Seismic Research Center said the quake occurred at around 1.46 a.m. at a depth of 10 kilometers. Well, we haven't had any reports of any damage or injuries, so that is a good thing. And it's time for us to hop on over to Guyana, where Guyana is. I think Guyana at this point has, you know, kind of knocked Barbados out the way. <laughs> Everything Guyana, Guyana, Guyana. All right. So according to Caribbean.loopnews.com, the government of Guyana is continuing to pump billions of dollars to develop housing infrastructure across the country. The Department of Public Information, DPR, reports Minister Colin Crowell disclosed that infrastructural works are ongoing in Region 5 to the tune of $3.5 billion. The minister stated that some $4 billion has been exhausted to develop housing schemes in um, the Mahaika Berbis, and I hope I said that right, um, area including roads, drainage, electricity, and water. Infrastructural works are going on at um, Shieldstown to the tune of $2 billion. Another $820 million is being invested at Burma, while $621 million and $500 million are being spent at Balthiok, and I hope I did not butcher it, Guyanese, please don't kill me, <laughs> Respect um, and experiment respectively. Meanwhile, there are ongoing infrastructure works in Region 6 to the tune of $9.2 billion for which contracts have already been signed. In less than three years, Region 6 has seen the injection of over $10.5 billion for housing. Wow, that's amazing. To date, close to 1,000 house lots have been allocated in Region 5, while another 1,300 have been allocated in Region 6. This is in keeping with the government's aim to allocate 50,000 house lots within its first term in office. Um, I want to hope that, and I do believe, I want to believe that they're making it affordable for their citizens. Let me tell you something. I, I'm. Can we own anything in Guyana or do we have to be citizens of Guyana or can we own through um, or will we only be allowed to own something through investment, whether real estate or otherwise? I don't know, but Guyana's seeming real good right now. Yep. Keep it up, Guyana. Low-key hating on you, Guyana. <laughs> All right, over to St. Vincent. St. Vincent Prime Minister wants the severing of umbilical cord with the British monarchy. Did anyone watch the, um, did anyone here watch the coronation, the, no, nobody? Okay. So I checked in, I, when I went on to, I think it was CBS Live, when I jumped on, they were in the church um, and they were 
blessing him. I get I saw up until when they put the crown on his head and I had to check out because I was getting angry. I have to be honest. I was getting angry when I looked at all the jewels and the gold and everything that was laid out at the altar. Um, they don't belong to him per se, but they belong to the crown. I was very angry, honestly. And, and, and I said, how can these people really sit inside a church and be content knowing how these things were acquired? Yeah, so I checked out. Uh, I didn't watch the con the coronation or anything, and couldn't anyway because I had to go to um, a graduation party. But I did see a clip of um, I went on Tiwa Savage's IG page, and I did see her performance. She she did well, but it wasn't the song I wanted her to do. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm um. I'm just ready. We are being told <laughs> by our elders that we're disrespectful. <laughs> we don't have any respect for the monarchy and um, pomp and circumstances. And quite frankly, and that if we call ourselves Christians, we ought to forgive. I have forgiven. Yes, I have, because the forgiveness is for me. It's not for that. I have indeed forgiven. But forgiving does not mean I have to be wrapped up in bed with you. Forgiving you doesn't mean I have to honor you. Doesn't mean I have to support you. I leave you over there. And I stay over here. Good morning. Good morning, Javed. <laughs> what we're supposed to be forgiving them for? For the atrocities against humanity around the world. And okay, let me just be quiet. Let me let me start my morning off on a good uh, note. I'm not I'm not going to even have any pushback. Okay, I'm going to leave it right there. <gasps> yeah. Morning, everyone. Good morning, James. How are you, James? James can good, speak now, folks. Go ahead, James. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't think forgiveness works like that. You know, like you have to. Um, the perpetrator have to atone first, you know. So reparation, um, apology, stuff like that. So if they're if they're not remorseful for the history, we don't we're not obligated to to you know forgive them because they're not remorseful. If they were remorseful, they would have um, come out, apologize, um, and return all of the stolen the stolen um, goods. Yeah. Then we can apologize. It's up to us to not to forgive them. But as of now, we're not obligated to forgive them because they're still, you know, it's like someone, you know, break your house, kick you out of the house, and you're on the outside looking in, and you must forgive them even though they're still in your house. No, give us back our home, and then we will, you know, we'll forgive you then. So until then, no, nah, no forgiveness. But James, the Bible says, the King James Bible says we are supposed to forgive 70 times 7, right? 
Yeah, but it, it, it also talks about, uh, you know, atonement of sin and stuff like that. They didn't atone Thank for anything. Thank you. They did not atone for anything. So I presented that argument and I was told, yes, they, they by them acknowledging what happened, it's a form of forget. It's a form of um, apologizing, and my argument is no. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Donald. Moments. Let's not go there. <laughs> they display all the crowns and artifacts they stole. On top of that, in the narration, they could tell you where it came from. They can tell you how much diamonds, how long they have it. I mean, come on, we. These things are well documented. Mm -hmm. And then when some people in South Africa said, okay, well, give us back what is belonging to us. And you either ignore them or they're supposed to forgive you. And you, you're rubbing it in your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I steal this stuff for you. Let me put it on display. Yeah, and this is what billions and millions of dollars. And, it, and my grandfather stole it. And my great-grandfather passed it down to my grandfather. And I will pass it down to my son. And there is nothing you can do for it. I didn't pay you for it. I steal it from you, but it's okay. You should forgive me because at least I rub it in your face every time I have a ceremony. I mean, seriously. And these are the most visible ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. These don't, don't even scratch the surface. And you like to boast about how much carrot diamonds and how much hundred carrots and whatever it is you have in these, these, these stolen artifacts. And that's on the crown. You understand? And then we we supposed to forgive them. Listen, if you were to, the, the royal family is probably the biggest criminal organization in the world. <laughs> Preach. Seriously. Preach. But Donald, here's and here's the thing that I that, that I can't understand. They have never been incarcerated for all the pillaging that they have done, the murders. They have not been been um, arrested, tried, found guilty of murder, trafficking, stealing. But they will lock us up if we if we walk into a store and we decide to pick up something and walk out with it. They're gonna call nine one one or one one nine or whatever the number is wherever you live in the world. And have you arrested? You have to go in before the um, judge, and you're going to be found guilty. Well, they are they displaying the stolen items. It's not like they're hiding it. They're displaying the stolen items, and they're telling you where it was stolen from. They give you the whole history of all the stolen items. But, but they don't want to give it back. But what, one of the Ten Commandments, Donald, thou shalt not steal, right? So is it that we mustn't steal, but they can steal? And our stealing is wrong, but their stealing is right? It is do as I say and don't question what I do. It's that simple. Thou shalt not steal. So if, if we're not supposed to steal... Everyone should be punished for it then. Or if we're not going to punish everyone, nobody should be punished for stealing then. Nobody. Because what, what happened to forgiveness, right? But if you took it in the name of the king or the queen, it's not stolen, right? <laughs> so, oh, okay. So I can go into a store then, Donald, see an outfit that I need, and or that I want, not need, see an outfit that I want and just walk out with it. And when they hold on to me, I say, uh-uh, 
I took this in the name of the queen. I pledged allegiance to the king. Sorry. So I'm good. And they should release yeah. me, right? You got, you, got, you got it wrong. <laughs> you have to say before, I am taking this outfit in the name of the queen. <laughs> okay, if you say it after, you steal it. What you say before, that's all right. You have immunity. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, moments. I don't know if you know this the one of this parable in the Bible where um one of the king's servants um owed a debt. I think it was uh, something mm -hmm. like a hundred mm -hmm. like a hundred years worth of debt and he, he pleaded to the king and the king forgave him of all the debt. Mm -hmm. And then this the same servant went home and his servant found out that the king Forgave, forgave him, him. Mm -hmm. and um, asked for forgiveness for his debt, which was like way less. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, you mm -hmm. have to pay your debt. Mm -hmm. And then when the king found out, the king said, you know, I forgave you a hundred years and you couldn't forgive your servant like 10 years. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, yeah, like people. And, and the thing is the same King James version is what the same royal family use and, and, and perpetrate their, their um, slavery and stuff like that. So, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so we're not obligated to forgive them. Like, if, if you want forgiveness, atone for, for everything, apologize. Uh, um, even if even if they made an attempt to those jewels, even if they made an attempt and say, okay, we're going to, how much do you want for it? <laughs> you know, we have it. But, 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 James, to but James, to show you that they don't care and they are not remorseful, right? Look at how... They have treated Meghan Markle. Look at how they've treated their own Harry. What does that tell you? So, come on now. These people, they know who they are. They know what they're capable of. They know everything that they have done throughout, the, throughout history. Yes, they might say, well, uh, King Charles III is not the one who um, transported the slaves, yada, yada, yada. But he is benefiting, right? And not once did he defend his son, in my opinion. Otherwise, his son would have been dressed like everybody else. He was only allowed to wear his medals. Seating was off. He's like an outcast, all because he has chosen to marry someone he loves, and you're telling me that what? Oh my gosh! Yes, we must look up to them. Well, don't don't, don't condemn me if I follow suit and do what they do. Because you have everybody's holding up in high esteem. But you're gonna condemn me. Whatever. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Listen. In all fairness to the British Empire and British family. For as long as we live, we all know they are racist people. So for Meghan Markle to think somehow they would embrace her as the first black royal, I think she is delusional. And everybody else that have that notion is also delusional. They have been racist. They are still racist. They will continue to be racist. It's not even questionable. So I don't understand what is the big shock about. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yes, they get black people to parade and do the, you know, they like to do this sort of parading stuff. They like to parade black people. Mm -hmm. but, you, but you're not part of them and you would not be part of them. 
Exactly. So that wouldn't change, not now, not ever. Agree. Yeah, they soon go out of business in any case. I need them to. Are <laughs> I need them to downhill. Hundreds of years scamming people. <laughs> go right ahead, Chief. Good morning. Chief, where are you? Yes, I was just going to say good morning, everybody. Good morning. I was just going to say, if you research the history, she's not the first black royal. No, she's the, not. The sec no. And the second thing is, you got to be better Christians, guys. <laughs> so, you know, Christ did say, forgive them for they know not what they, what do. they do. But if they know what they do, then you know the answer to the question. So that should answer the forgiveness question. <laughs> uh, Julie says she's white passing. You wouldn't know she's mixed if she didn't say so. And you know, Julie, I differ because I guess as you look at her, you could tell she's mixed. Her hair is a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Even though, um, yeah, her hair was a dead giveaway. But um, yeah. So, um, Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Dr. Ralph Gonsalves, is hoping to see his country try again to transition to become a republic. Uh, Caribbean.loopnews.com is saying that in an interview with the BBC's Mohammed Mahdi and Celestina Oludole, Gonsalves said having a British monarch as head of state is an absurdity and he would like it to end in his lifetime. St. Vincent and the Grenadines back in 2009 held a referendum to become a public, but it failed. On BBC Radio uh, 4's The World at One highlights, the Vincentian Prime Minister said he does not know if he is going to lead that particular process or is going to allow the next generation of leaders to do that. Gonzalez said it is something I am hoping to see consummated. The severing of the umbilical cord between our country and the British monarchy. King Charles knows that, and he and I have discussed that in very amicable ways. Gonsalves was further questioned about how King Charles III reacted when the issue was brought up. And this was the response. I would say the king is understanding of the impulses of former colonial peoples to cut the links. The St. Vincent and the Grenadines is among eight Caribbean countries which still recognize King Charles III as its head of state. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no comment from JDF amid allegations soldiers failed to intervene in West Kingston murder. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. The Jamaica Defense Force JDF has refused to comment. Following claims that its soldiers stood and watched as a man was murdered less than 20 meters away from their checkpoint at the intersection of Oxford and Charles Streets in Denham Town, West Kingston on Sunday. One woman, who claims to be an eyewitness, told the news center that the incident happened at about midday and she asked that her voice be distorted. I say about five to six shot fire and none of the soldiers them no move, none of them no get up, none of them not even look up the road. And when one man ball out, say see one man up on the ground, them run go up there. 
The dead man has been identified as 29-year-old truck driver Richard Collins, otherwise called Duckman of Four Raymond Place in Tivoli Gardens. Head of the Kingston Western Police Senior Superintendent Superintendent Michael Phipps says Collins was a violence producer. It was said that he was known to be a part of the Tivoli Gardens young generation gang. So when we had the upsurge of gang violence, he was one of those names that we were looking at as a person who could assist us in our investigations. That was Senior um, Superintendent Michael Phipps, head of the Kingston Western Police Division. The Kingston Western Police Division has seen an 18% increase in murders over the first four months this year when compared to last year. A manhunt is underway for a self-proclaimed killer in viral videos. This story is also courtesy of Nationwide Radio. The police in Clarendon uh, have declared a self-proclaimed killer, Menelik Young Sa- Menelik, I don't know how you pronounce that, I'm sorry, Young Sam as a wanted man. Several vloggers have used their platform to post a video of Young Sam making indiscriminate threats, detailing how he chopped members of his own family and talking about how many people he has killed. We have more in this report from Dana Davey. Menelik Youngsam features in a disturbing video. He's seen bragging about his murderous nature and wealth. Wearing a black balaclava and holding what appears to be a 9mm pistol in his hand, Youngsam goes off on a sustained rant. He lashes friends who betrayed him, family he has killed, friends who disobeyed orders from him to kill family members, and talks about the millions of dollars he has given away to friends. Despite wearing the balaclava, Young Sam repeatedly yanks the headgear down to show his face. In one section of his rant, he admits to being paranoid. You are the black of what I am the most wanted from Clarendon. You are the most wanted long time. But get this straight. Ask every chapter down there. Now they may be trying me. Me a millionaire from seven years ago. Me don't want a weak vlogger boy. Go talk about me now. With a little small fuck now. Ask the police about me a pen up. Ask them. I want more I can feed police. I tell me to spend the money now. I'm going to work my phone. Come here, get paranoid. I'm soon dead. Somebody left my money now. I stop spending. Come on, tell them to give me two dollars to them. So come on, can the money come give me? I only remember my AK dog. Detectives at the Clarendon Criminal Investigations Branch named Young Sam as a person of interest over the weekend. But earlier on Monday, his status was upgraded to wanted. Head of operations for the Clarendon Police, Deputy Superintendent Anton Ger Cardoza, says Young Sam who is also known as one and ready, was unknown to the police prior to last Friday. Youngsum is accused of using a machete to chop three persons between Friday and Saturday. In the video, Youngsum appears to admit to the axe while threatening to kill several members of the JCF. Them know me a murderer, you. Ask me ugly man and father about me, so I'm going me a kill. Me kill more than 20 people. Police are nothing to me. Yes, they can't find me, they can't touch me. All right, since I go on, me I kill 10 police. I see AK me by, brother. Bulletproof vest. Me have 300 rounds for each gun. I mean, I'm killing them kill. All night, me and I come to gym. Many like young Sam, one, four of The laughing people. Listen, ask the police and why they look for me. Two of them friends chase me out, me go up on my yard, go chop up my auntie, chop up my husband, and chop up my son. Me alone. Young Sam is being asked to turn himself into the Maypen CIB by 6 this evening. Anyone with information that can assist the police in locating him is asked to contact the Maypen police at 876 
986-2208, the police 119 emergency number, crime stop at 311, or the nearest police station. Dana Davy for Nationwide News. So, they're asking him to turn himself in. Clearly, they know where he is number one. Um, the next thing. So, yesterday, um, when I was looking at the video that's circulating on social media, and I'm reading the comments, and some people are saying, oh, they feel his pain. It's since the loss of his wife. Why, you know, he has lost his mind. Um, it's obvious he is going through something. We need to pray for him. And I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm confused. What is the real story here? Nobody's saying that he needs to be brought it. Not one comment did I see. Well, unless I didn't scroll far back enough, not one comment did I see saying he needs to be brought in and questioned. Not one. All I'm seeing is compassion, 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 and excuses and excuses and excuses. So, is he of sound mind and just going paranoid and just blurting these things? Or is he a true criminal? How do we know? Good morning again. Good morning. Good morning. So I do believe he's on paro. And if the police says they've never knew anything about this man, and if what they're saying is true, the entire video is just disturbing. Mm -hmm. And if the people in the comments know of his background, there's obviously still something else that has happened. Mm -hmm that has driven, and this is just me listening, that has driven this man crazy. So it's it's a weird, it's a interesting, weird, but confusing story all at the same time. <laughs> yes. I have to agree. Well, I hope he turns himself in so that um, we can, they can deal with this once and for all. Um, Next up, plans in place for Jamaica UAE Corporation in Tourism. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. Tourism Minister Edmund Bartlett says there are plans to facilitate tourism cooperation between Jamaica and Dubai following his meeting with officials of the Ministry of Economy in the United Arab Emirates. And we also have a soundbite for this one. In terms of logistics, um, in terms of technology and we would reciprocate in terms of resilience and sustainability discourse discussions the building out of human capital programs particularly for training and also for product development and and marketing Minister Bartlett says a key matter explored during the meeting was the possibility of establishing an outpost of the Jamaica-based Global Tourism Resilience and Crisis Management Center in the Emirates. We're excited that uh, cruise tourism is a big area that the Caribbean and Jamaica can collaborate better with the Middle East in particular, but certainly um, Dubai. 
Dubai Ports, which is a, the largest, one of the largest in the world, with enormous capacity. Um, they are looking for partnerships now across the world, and Jamaica is a good place to start. That was Edmund Bartlett, Tourism Minister. Well, I must say he's working. He's really working. We've been saying this um, for a couple of weeks now. And on the heels of that story, work to resume on U.S. $1 billion Charisma Hotel Group property in St. Anne. Story also courtesy of Nationwide Radio. Plans by the Charisma Hotel Group to build a U.S. $1 billion property in St. Anne are back on track. The project was halted in early 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tourism Minister Edmund Bartlett says he received confirmation that the group is set to resume work. During his recent trip to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, he was... um, informed and we do have a soundbite for this one as well they will begin earthworks and land preps in august to september of this year um, and the intention of course is to have the margaritaville um, hotel 500 room built along with a condo about 250 more habitable uh, room space so you know in another three 18 months to two and a half years we could have that development at least seeing the the first 750 units up against the big project which you know and very ambitious project which we had of having 5,000 rooms there over time the project is expected to generate 10,000 permanent jobs and bring an additional 375,000 visitors to the island each year the mega resort is to be constructed on 223 acres in Sugarcane Bay Landover in St. Anne. When complete, the facility is expected to boast 4,700 rooms. Minister Bartlett says this will boost his ministry's plan to increase the country's tourism room stock by 20,000 over the next decade. We are excited about that because it is part of the 20,000-room expansion uh, that we spoke about in the budget and which has been going fairly well. On the 19th, when I I get back, we will be opening the first of those 20,000 rooms in St. Anne at Duns River. Pandals, we'll be looking at pretty close to 5,600 rooms there. And then we have 1,000 rooms just about hopefully ready for completion for January, February of 24. And then there are 700 rooms in Falmouth at the Rio. is also in an advanced phase of construction that will be ready hopefully at the end of this year into the first quarter of 2024. That was Edmund Bartlett, Minister of Tourism. So I do have a couple of questions um, for Jamaica. <laughs> now, last week we spoke about the, the cost of um, apartments, condominiums, um, homes in Jamaica as being priced out, the, the, um, excuse me, priced out of the range of the average Jamaican and what we're seeing, well, at least what I am seeing is Jamaica fast becoming an expat country, right? Because everything is priced in U.S. dollars, number one. If it's it's priced in Jamaica and you convert it to U.S., the prices are exorbitant, all right? Um, we're seeing prices 250000 U.S. and up for simple homes, simple homes, some of which are in gated communities all right um well i welcome this project i do welcome it but what i want to know is this are we going to be ensuring that those who work in the industry will be paid above livable wages 
That's what I want to know. How are they going to be paid? So yes, we are expecting 10,000 permanent jobs. But are these people going to be well paid? Oh, and I need to tie that in. Will, will the majority, 90% at least, be local labor? And not just the menial tasks, but up into management as well. Go right ahead. I know someone opened their mic. Well, paid and thousands of jobs don't go together. <laughs> oh, Donald. Hey, while you said that, you know, you just jogged my memory. So was it last week, I think, or the week before? I heard a clip. Um, in order for inflation to go down or cost of living to go down there has to be an increase in unemployment can somebody explain that to me please why why is it the only way inflation can go down is for unemployment to go up I was wondering the same thing because that's what an economist said. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Repeat that again. An economist in the U.S. said the only way that inflation can go down, the cost of living can go down, is if there is a rise in unemployment. And I don't understand it. To me, it made no sense, but hey. I wonder if it has to do with, we know that they can um, raise interest rates and lower it whenever they feel like it, and they seem to adjust it according to what's going on. So if more people are unemployed, they'll lower the rates, the interest rates, the Fed rates. It's because he has a, a negative relationship between inflation and unemployment. So if inflation inflation rise, they, they go opposite to each other. Okay, because for instance, when there is a lot of people working, then there is a lot there is a lot more demand for stuff, which like push the prices up. At, you understand? So that that is the, the relation is the relationship itself. So it's not that in order for it to happen it happen, but that's just the way it goes. So the more people working, the more people demanding services, the the higher the demand, the more the price will go up. You understand? And then interest rate would um interest rate would um play a part in there because at lower interest rates you will tend to hire more. You think too here in America, most states like at will states. Mm -hmm. So when things are good, they would hire you, but they will also fire you as soon as things go bad. <laughs> so that you would see that correlation tend to be stronger. But it's just that inflation and unemployment has an adverse relationship. Hmm. So it's not necessary that it has to, but it generally has an adverse relationship. But who created that? Who said that has to, it has to go that way? I don't think it has to. I think at the end of the day, it just boils down to greed. I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. Yeah, it's, but it's just, 
hold on one second donald james and then donald go right ahead james yeah it's it's like it's supply and demand it's almost like the cost of economics mm -hmm. like for example like in let me use canada as an example um um toronto is one of the most desirable um province um city in 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 ontario um there are other provinces um and cities across canada that are less desirable because of um lack of in terms of diversity um some of them are extremely cold so the demand like um for them to get people to to go to those provinces because it's not very desirable like they have to some provinces like pay at least five dollars per hour more than desirable um, provinces and they will beg you to go there they, they'll give you incentives they'll pay like for your first couple of months rent or whatever to get you there because it's not desirable some of those provinces are like almost like suicidal rate is high there because it's extremely cold it, it's 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 not desirable like you 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 come from like india philippines the caribbean or wherever you you just feel dark and and isolated there so to compensate that they 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 give higher wages and the same thing like with the airline industry like when it's high demand season the prices go up even though oil and labor stays the same it's supply and demand they know that the the, the demand is going to go up um in in the winter because people want to like fly to the caribbean or whatever so they, they shoot up the price like in december you pay like 500 more for the same flight even though oil didn't change um and employment the wages didn't change but the fact that those are high demand season they just push it up so it's, it's basically supply and demand <laughs> all right thank you james donald back to you no it's the same thing i was going to say you know like if people is working then people demand more goods and services. As you demand more goods and services, you put um, pressure for the price to go up because the higher the demand, the higher the price tend to be. And that pulls the inflation upward with the rise in prices. So it's just a relationship. So Donald and James, my question then is this. All right, there is more demand for something. The cost to manufacture the said thing that is in demand, does that change? No, it doesn't change. So what I'm hearing is maximizing profit margin. You're, you're, you're widening your profit margin. That's what I'm hearing. Am I wrong or am I right? It's all about making more money. You're going to capitalize off of the opportunity. Instead of making $2 off of each item, now I can make $5. You're not increasing the um, pay and it, the cost to um, to procure the, the, the raw material or whatever it is has not changed. But the cost may change because we've seen that during the pandemic. Okay. But even with the rise in interest rates, some costs will change. Okay. All right. Trying to wrap my head around it. All right. Yeah, but but moments the thing with the with the Jamaica thing, because you know as we spoke about in this room several times that the you know the tourism minister seemed to be the only one working in mm -hmm. Jamaica mm -hmm. because honestly over the past twenty years because I I spent a lot of time in the in, in the industry 
over the past 20 years, it's the only industry that that's just like, you know, rocketing to, to the top um, in Jamaica. Um, in the past 15, 10 to 15 years, flights have, have doubled in like Montego Bay. The flights that are coming to Montego Bay is like some of those major city in, in the in the USA. Like flights that go into Montego Bay, like yeah, flights coming, um, straight flights from like places like Ghana. Um, I think Germany had I did like straight flights to Jamaica and stuff like that. But the only problem is that the, the the workers are not really benefiting because they're getting the same wages. And one of the unfortunate thing in Jamaica is that foreign workers like when I was working in Jamaica, um, 90% of the managers at these hotels were foreign workers. They weren't locals. Um, and those jobs are paid in U.S. In U.S. dollars, yep, that yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. If if I go, with my experience now, like if I decide that I want to go and manage a hotel in Jamaica and I apply from Canada, I could demand to get U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Actually, like when you see um, a lot of those positions on international um, sites, they're quoted in, in, in U.S. dollars. Um, so I feel like the next step is to just make, even if they do the, the, the North Coast corridor, like from Fern Gully go to Negril, every hotel in that corridor have to pay U.S. You know, even if they start from that, I think that will see like a big difference because it's it's not fair like you to have someone come in I know people from Bangladesh, from Singapore, from different places of the world that come to Jamaica to work and they get paid in US dollars. And Jamaicans that are doing the same work, even managers, um, executive chefs, because at the time about 20% of the executive chefs were Jamaicans, 80% were um, foreigners. The 80% foreigners made US and the Jamaicans made Jamaican dollar. They need to change that. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, but, go ahead. Go ahead, Donald. And then we're going to move on. If, if we start paying people in US dollars, that's a drain on, on foreign exchange. How, how are you getting these US dollars to, to constantly pay? And why are you paying locally in US dollars? Uh, also, why do we have... We, because a lot of these businesses get a lot of tax-free rebate and stuff. Why don't we have built into the contract that you have to hire, like something like Singapore, that you have to hire a certain amount of local people at a certain level. And there has to be transfer of knowledge and stuff like that. Because if you're just coming in, you're all inclusive to start with, then all your executives are always paid in um, US or foreign currencies, and then you're allowed to repatriate the profit. Then one have to argue, is the tourism minister really working? If, what is the net effect? Yes, you have nice results and stuff, but what is the net effect and impact on the local economy? If you have all this, you, you don't pay taxes, you get to, to remove your, 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 your profit, and you're sucking all the foreign exchange from the country. So what is the real impact of that tourism? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but, sir, but Donald, one of the benefits of paying Jamaicans in U.S. dollar, even if it's just in the hospitality industry, is that... It the, the because right now the main source of foreign exchange is remittance. If Jamaicans stop sending money to to Jamaica, the government don't have any U.S. dollars to do anything. Um, the hotel industry, like ninety nine point nine percent 
of those money that are paid to access those resorts, they never make it to Jamaica. So, you know, if if we demand that, okay, these people get paid in US dollars and it's up to them, you know, you get your pay in US dollars, you go change it out or you go do, if you want to have a US account or whatever, but that will give the Jamaican government more access to US dollars, which, which they need. You know, so I think it would work okay, I get for point. the people, I get it would work for the government also. All right. All right, thank you, James. Thank you, Donald. Moving right along. Shelly and Fraser Price, amazing speech. Oh, <laughs> I almost cried. And I don't usually cry, but um, I first want to thank the Laureus Academy for this award. I've been nominated quite a few times. I think about six. <laughs> so um, I'm really honored to be here to receive this award. You know, to consider that uh, when I was 13 in 2000, the Laureus Award started. And I realized uh, being 13, a young girl from Kingston, Jamaica, Waterhouse mainly, being poor, looking back now, I say that there's no barrier when it comes to your passion and your calling as time honors your greatness. And when I started doing track and field, it was my opportunity to come out of my circumstances. My mom told me that this was going to be my launching pad. This was going to be my way to college. And at first, I didn't believe because I didn't have a lot of role models around me. I didn't see a lot of girls you know, graduating from high school and making it to college. And as I look back, on my career and everything that I've been able to accomplish, and I look in the audience, I see my husband, and I really want to tell him thanks for his constant support, because it has always been true. You know, my family and my friends, my management team as well. And I also, being here, seeing all the other athletes who have championed their career, and seeing, you know, just how much they have excelled, and your work empowers us it empowers me as well to continue to strive for excellence. I, when I was 21 and I started competing, I always thought that, you know, I wanted to run 10-6. It was something that I dreamed about. And I had my son when I was 30, and it was after the 2016 Olympics when I had a toe injury. And had I followed the opinions of people and what they deem is possible, for women, I wouldn't be here. When I had my son, my son changed my life forever. It was my greatest blessing, it was my strength, it was my power. And I think it showed that as women, our careers are not stopped when we have kids. We can go on to be more and become more and we can evolve. And that has been the extraordinary thing that has changed my life. I started, I came back, and I remember standing on the track. I was nervous because of the expectations, you know. People tell you that when you're 30, you should wrap it up. Call it quits, you should go home, you should sit, because people love to put, you know, limits on us as women. And I remember in 2019, my son was two years old, almost three. And I stood at the line, not only for him, but for other women who will decide that I want to start a family. I want to come back at 
at, at age 30. I want to come from injuries. I want to do this. They too can see me and they will believe that it is possible. So I thank you so much, the Laureus Academy, for this award, and I pray that you'll be an inspiration to all Jamaican young girls, mainly the girls from my Pocket Rocket Foundation, to know that there's no limits when you believe what you believe and continue to work hard, continue to inspire the next generation of women to understand that we are strong, we are powerful, and most importantly, we are fearless. So thank you very much. That was Shellyanne Fraser-Price, the 36-year-old track star considered the greatest female 100-meter sprinter of all time. She was rewarded for an incredible season during which she won an unprecedented fifth 100-meter world title in Eugene, Oregon, and created even more history by becoming the first woman to run under 10.7 seconds for the 100 meter, a record seven times in the same season. Congratulations, Shellyanne Fraser-Price. Well done. I enjoyed her speech. It is indeed motivating, inspiring, and encouraging. And yes, I do hope that others who are coming up, young women coming up, will be so inspired. We have to know how to put those horse blinders on. If something is planted in you, water it. It's not going to be easy, but water it. Train. Research. Do whatever it is that is necessary so that you can achieve those dreams and those goals. All right. Next up, anyone wants to comment on that before I move right along to the next story? It was an awesome, wonderful speech, and I am so happy that she was able to express her sentiments as well as show the women of Jamaica and all around the world that if you put your mind to something, you can actually accomplish it. Yes. Yes. Run racing, everyone. Good morning, Afo. Yeah, love our speech. Um, I saw you came up on social media, but uh, I didn't get to listen to it. I kind of just skipped past. I was just scrolling past. I don't know how that goes. But um, hearing it, I was like, damn, that's that's a powerful speech right there. Mm-hmm. Especially to the young women in Jamaica and in the Caribbean who hear it. You know what I mean? It's a powerful speech. And yeah. You know what I mean? It can be very um, motivational. Yeah. So respect to Shelly and Fraser Price. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Javet. Thank you, Afu. Next up, uh, T.O.K., y'all familiar with that group, cuts ties with the Chichi Man song. And if you're not familiar with it, I'll go ahead and play a clip for you. My crew, my dogs, set rules, set laws. We represent for the lords of yards. I got alone, I feel up my. From them, I par in a chinchy man.
Jamaican dancehall group TOK is setting an example for their pairs by omitting divisive songs such as Chichi Man from their performances. Performing at the recent Reggae on the Beach held at Artistry Beach, Bay Street, St. Michael on Monday, May 1st, the group refrained from performing one of their most popular songs, Chichi Man, making a statement that they are about promoting unity and not separation. Although hosts infamous The Voice and Jordan English, with the help of the crowd, begged for the 2001 hit, the group remained unfazed and concrete with their decision. Speaking to Loop Entertainment following their stellar performance, which included many of their other hits like Money to Burn, She's Hot, Galua Lead, Footprints and Shake Your Bam Bam, the group revealed what led to the decision. Basically, Chichiman is like a gift and a curse. It's a great record that means so much to so many people from just the love of the music. But for some people, it is offensive as well. And because we feel like the music should really unite people, we have made a decision to not perform the song because we do not want to offend any of our fans. And that's according to Roshane Basie Clark when speaking on behalf of the group. Also speaking on behalf of his bandmates, Alistair Alex McCallow professed that they definitely felt the love from Barbadians, although this was their first performance in the island for over a decade. It was a good vibes. It was a nice energy. Every time we come to Barbados, we feel love. <laughs> so TOK, we've been through a lot. We had a moment of a hiatus where we were doing individual stuff, but we're back as a group now. And we have a record called No Place Like Home. And it's very ironic and very poetic for us to be here because Barbados is like a home. They also revealed that the group would be open to bookings for the upcoming crop over season. The four-man group was unfortunately missing one of their members, Xavier Flex Davidson, who was unable to attend. So um, I will let you know that particular video that I played courtesy of YouTube has over 12 million views. Yeah, over 12 million views. Um, it's a, <laughs> I'm laughing because my neighbors behind me, um, they're a gay couple and they blast that song. <laughs> Sometimes on a Sunday when they're playing dancehall music. They're blasting that song. They blast. Um, I've heard them play the one by Bujuman and uh, Bujabantan, sorry, and a couple more. <laughs> so I find it um, hilarious. Um, so is it really divisive? <laughs> Go right ahead. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm trying not to laugh a moment. Stop it. Um, so are they aware of the song? Yeah, they are. You know, they know what it means. Mm -hmm. I'm a little conflicted with this, and I don't even know why. Um, I, I understand growth. I understand people um, can change their mind or, or understand the climate and don't want to... Sorry, I'm backing up. Understand the, client, the climate and don't want to uh start or enhance or 
make people feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. But I, maybe it's the beat. It's just something about that song I just love, though. Okay. Yep. Despite, despite. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I I'm feel you. I feel it because I love the song regardless. I love the beat. And it's funny. I remember when the song came out and it was creating waves. And I mean, for me, I can only talk about myself. I would sing the song and I really didn't care because it's not as though you're going to go out there and attack anybody or anything. It was just the, I guess it's the beat. You, you would dance and you know, everything. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, not, I was going to say, go ahead. Kay morning. Um, a lot of the community, the LGBT community and gay community, um, unless they're Caribbean, they don't know what, what it is. They don't really know that it's bad. And on this app, like a couple of days ago, um, a, a young man, you know, gay, he's gay. Um, when somebody on the app is called the word Batiman mm-hmm. or um, the other word, he didn't know until he went in his own room with his own people and they told him, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't repeat that word. So they don't know unless they know somebody that's Caribbean that tell them what it means other than that you're just singing along and they'll repeat it not knowing that it's it's ne- you know it's negative towards them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. well some of them do know and still play it <laughs> and dance to it too um they don't take it personally um some some of them have said they know it's just entertainment and they deal with it as such but what is interesting is but you know what? Let me not get it. That's another story for a whole nother day. I was going to bring up the whole Bujabantan situation, but that that's a whole nother um, story. Yeah. Wait, yeah. one more thing. One more thing. You said they were in Barbados and they wanted them. They wanted them to sing the song. Yeah, yeah. But isn't the the prime minister LGBT? I don't know. I am. Yeah, she is. She is. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I mean, from the did, last she, time I, did she did she come out and alleged, say that alleged, she is? Is alleged? Did 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 Mayor Motley come out and say that she is a member of the LGBTQ community? Oh, I probably need to research because that I thought it was that was a big deal when she was when she was voted in. I I, I could remember that was a, being a big deal, but okay. Right. You know, people will assume that she is, but I'm not going to assume that she is because until she says that she is, you know, because you do have some women who have masculine ways or, you know, behave mm-hmm. in a masculine way and they're far from it. You know what we call tomboys, they're, they're only yeah. wearing pants or they they wear their hair low and they're not, they're far from it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just people just saying that that's what it was and i just assumed that they knew for a fact mm-hmm. but okay all right all right thank you Kay. appreciate it. i think someone else wanted to say something go right <laughs> ahead yeah no I, I was saying that i was going to say that um you know i remember back in the days even like jamaican kids like when you used to go to like asylum you know they danced the hardest to this to these songs right um you know, the same way when they had the song, the songs, you know, burning out like oral sex and all this type of stuff. And people, you'll stand there and people that you know, people that open up to you and say they do these type of stuff back in the days when it was taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, they're busting blank and dancing the hardest to it. So I think a lot of people know that, you know, took it as entertainment back then. And, you know, they like the song and they dance to it. The same way, like, you know, like um, women will go to club and, 
dance to a song like, you know, I'm a bad B, I'm a this, I'm a that. Mm -hmm. But if you call them that in front of them, they'll punch you in the face, but they just know it's music, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, but, you know, like it's a lot of entertainers, like Buja Bantan don't perform those songs. Beanie Man don't perform his, his songs, you know. So, yeah, a lot of people um, took, took those songs out of their catalog because the time the time is different now. So um, we evolved. Same thing with stand-up. Remember, we used to watch... Um, even TV show, and they used to use the N-word in comedies and stuff like that. But, you know, things and times change, so you just take that out of your vocabulary. But I, I think I think the, the music, just like history, like when you have, like, bad stuff that happened in the history and people fight to keep up, you know, statues of, like, slave owners and stuff like that and say it's a part of our history, some of those things, I think they can leave it as, like, a memorial, like, this is where we're coming from. We used to do that 20 years ago, but we don't do that anymore. So, yeah, it's okay for them not to sing it. But, like, I think it still should be on platforms if people want to listen to it. Because at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, James. Thank you, everyone. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we have stories out of Latin America and from the international scene. It is Turned Up Tuesday on Coffee and Toe. Here is Beyonce. <laughs> to the one I love. Yeah. Show them how you ride it.
Big thank you to everyone logged on and listening on www.qmzradio.gov. So quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to qmzradio.gov for that good music to get you through your day. If I got you, I don't need money, I don't need cars Girl, you're my own And oh, I'm into you And girl, no one else would do Cause with every kiss and every hug You make me fall in love And now I, know I can't be the only one I bet it's hard all over the world tonight With the love of hate Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in our Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. After the music break, we have stories out of Latin America, stories from the international scene, and then later on, news out of North America, business and tech, news, health and science, believe it or not, and the Brill Entertainment News. Keep it locked. Later on, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, live on JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, CoffeeRadio.com, WKRIS. It is the Rose Solo Show. Go ahead and set your alarm, 7 p.m. Eastern. 
Join us for In the Know with me and Ro. Are we going to go ahead and get back to business? Thank you for this one. 3LW. And it's time for stories out of Latin America. First up, dozens are reported dead from a deep fire in a gold mine in Peru. Story courtesy of NPR.org. A fire broke out in a, de- in a gold mine in southern Peru and killed at least 27 workers during an overnight shift, Peruvian authorities reported. The mining company in a statement said that 175 workers had been safely evacuated after the accident, which happened late Friday or early on Saturday. It said that 27 dead worked for a contractor that specializes in mining. Government officials said the cause of the fire was under investigation. Some news reports said preliminary investigations indicated an explosion might have been set off by a short circuit in a part of the mine about 100 meters or 330 feet below the surface. Our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to those families that have been affected. Uh, Next up, Colombia resumes removal flights, repatriating citizens from the United States. This story is courtesy of Al Jazeera. Colombia's migration agency has announced that flights would resume next week, carrying citizens deported from the United States border. A day after the South American nation said it would temporarily suspend the expulsion program, over allegations of cruel and degrading treatment. Fernando Garcia Manosalva, the head of the Migración Colombia, issued a video statement to address the policy shift on Friday. In a Twitter post, the agency affirmed that humane treatment and decent conditions during transfers will be the fundamental axis of the continued flights from the United States. U.S. authorities expressed their willingness To follow up on the complaints, it wrote crediting the goodwill of the parties involved. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, you know what? It's better they go home um, than be treated badly while they await asylum, especially in recent weeks with what has happened. I call it the torture, deliberate torture the people that were in the detention facility then the tents being um set ablaze as well it's not looking good um again we are asking leaders to look within their countries and see what it is that they can do to avert this from happening because people are putting their lives at risk number one to get to south america and just to travel through the darien gap alone if you make it through there consider your journey halfway done we have seen videos on youtube it's a treacherous journey i don't think people are putting themselves through this just for the fun of it it's because they are desperate So to the countries where people are leaving 
um, in large numbers, you're going to have to make a decision. You cannot continue to ignore what's going on. You have to look after your citizens because it is so unfortunate that the U.S. doesn't want them. Let's be real about that. When you're on social media and you're scrolling through TikTok in particular, and video after video, it pains my heart at least. And especially when you think about what's going on in the state of Florida, which is just crazy down here. Pray for us. I keep asking y'all to pray for us in Florida because it's not looking good. I don't know. We complain about a labor shortage, but we're writing bills and wanting to pass laws to allow children to work. When people are willing to come and work for below minimum wage so that they can have a better life to be able to take care of their families back home in their countries. Why did, who, who, who came up with the thing? Give us your poor, give us your, what was the saying? They need to strip that away because it's not working. It's not working. It, it's give us your poor, give us your tired, give us your weary. Mm-hmm. What's the point of repeating that? What's the point? Because it's not true. We don't want your poor, we don't want your tired, and we don't want your weary. We don't want them. And I can only come to that conclusion based on what comes to the forefront every single day as it relates to immigration. Right now we have DACA folks worried up there. They don't know what's going to happen to them. In the state of Florida, effective July 1st, if you have an out-of-state, a valid out-of-state ID, but you're undocumented, do not even think about coming into the state of Florida. They don't want you here. Go ahead, Donald. DACA is just an election ploy for the Democrats. They have no real intention of doing anything about it since Obama time. Biden used it, and every Democratic president makes these lofty promises and then just leave it to the next election cycle. It's that simple. Nothing is going to happen for DACA. Nothing, yes, I agree. Uh, I had this discussion in, 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 a, in my school group, and um, nothing is going to happen. Uh, nothing never really happens, to be honest, immigration-wise, underneath the Democrats. So, um, yeah, uh, feel sorry for those DACA kids. Let's see if we can smile just for a little. Go ahead. I think someone has their mic open. Oh, Dre, continue. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Dre. Yeah, I was just saying it's that was just all a political thing because... At the end of the day, when, when, when they had a chance to really do something for immigration and for the kids, all they came up with was, was DACA. And they had everything. They had the House, the Senate, the President. They had everything. And DACA was just sorry, was a sorry-ass bill to me. You know, it, it gives hope. It gave hope, but they could have done better. Even 
Bush gave amnesty. Uh, they, they could they, they could have done better. <sighs> Go right yeah. ahead. Go right ahead, David. Yeah, yeah. and yes, yeah, because I was going to say, speaking of that, right? I mean, yeah, Bush, at least the last Bush, he tried to push through immigration reform. Democrats didn't want to give him that. And then it's kind of a back and forth because they're they're concerned with whoever gets a pass, what party gets a pass, will be the ones who inherit those voters, right? Right. You know, yeah. And so and and in this case a larger thing of Latino voters, right? So neither neither one of them wants to be able to inherit the Latino vote, right? Or get the other one to get it that way. So one way they're gonna hold that out. But this is how they do everything. Remember, uh, from the Democratic side, they had an opportunity under the Clinton administration when they had full control, under the Obama administration when they had full control, to even cover the whole abortion thing, but they didn't do it. They campaigned on it. They didn't do it, right? They had uh, the ability under, under the most recent full control to deal with the Voter Rights Act, but they didn't want to, they didn't, it wasn't at the top of their, you know, their list of things to do. So these things are just stringing people along, keeping them in conflict, right? So they have, so you have a reason to vote for them, or at least they think they have a reason to campaign for it. It's not really about trying to get these things done, because if they actually got it done, you might start wanting to focus on some real serious economic issues, which is not what they really want to deal with. Hmm. Thank you, David. Anyone else before I play this clip? Because we need to laugh a little bit. Go ahead, Don. I don't even think they're worried about which party is going to get those votes? Because if they were so worried, the Democrats had it in their hands. To hands down, as Dre said, they had everything. Why couldn't just liberate these people? And we're talking about people that came here as kids. Some of these people went to college, had family, and they still don't know what the status is. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's like a five-year thing, or it's just, it's like a lot of years. So... I just think it's a mockery to tell the truth. It's all political thing. It is indeed a mockery. Oh, before I let us laugh a little, I came across this video um, on TikTok. You know, I always grab these and like to share them. Oops, where are you? State Representative Angie Nixon here. Um, it's Thursday and we have been passing yet again some really bad bills yesterday. Let me let me just let you know this is dated April 27. Angie Nixon she posted this on April 27. All right, so just to go back a couple of days. Today we unfortunately passed um, Senate Bill 256, HB 1445, sponsored by Dean Black and Senator um, Blazing Golia. It's a union busting bill. It's a bill that is designed to uh, end unions in the state of Florida because many of these unions represent working class people. Many of these unions represent um, black and brown folks uh, and women. Many of these unions fight against corporations and companies to ensure that their workers have adequate raises, adequate wages in addition to good, safe working environments. Also, many of these unions support candidates that support working class families. Unions care about working families and ensuring that folks have 40 hour weekdays and ensuring that, again, folks have safe working conditions. And they also support candidates like myself and Rep. Eskamani, 
reps Rainers Goolsby, um, rep Ashley Gant, Senator Tracy Davis, Senator Chevron Jones, Bobby Powell. They support candidates that support working class families and ensuring that we are pushing back against these corporations. And so they don't support folks like Ron DeSantis. And he knows that this year and next year, they were going to be supporting people who were not him for president of the United States. And so it's so very unfortunate that this was a political uh, ploy that is going to basically hurt people. That's what a lot of these bills are about here in the state of Florida. They're designed to hurt people, to cause people to feel so uncomfortable here in the state of Florida that they move away. But please don't move. We deserve a state in which we can live healthy, prosperous, and safe, which unions often fight for. So please stay here in the state of Florida and fight back. Fight back and let's take our state back away from folks like Ron DeSantis. Let's stop him in his tracks. We're on the front lines here in Florida and we have the opportunity to dash his hopes and dreams. Nothing brings me more pleasure than that. Let's flourish, y'all. But on the heels of that one, um, we have to appeal in the state of Florida. We have to appeal to the Latino community. We have to. Um, I have a question for my fellow Latinos in Florida, specifically you who voted for Ron DeSantis and still to this day support his fascist draconian ways. Now, we all know that the Florida legislature pushed a bill through this Tuesday, SB 1718. And I have no doubt that when it reaches DeSantis' desk, he will sign it. He will sign it without a doubt because it targets one of the groups of people that he dislikes the most, immigrants, undocumented immigrants to be exact. So here's the question that I have for all of you Republican Latinos in Florida, all of you DeSantis fanboys and girls, are you ready to pick up the slack? Are you motherfuckers ready to put on your big boy pants? How about you ladies? Are you ready to put on your big girl panties on? Because when all of these people leave the state, which has already started by the way, guess who's going to have to do all that work? And I know that none of you are ready for that challenge. When this bill gets signed, there will not be a single undocumented Latino in Florida. And you might be laughing right now saying, well, that's exactly what we want. Okay, I don't think you motherfuckers have thought that through. The passing of this bill alone could cost the state of Florida 12.6 billion with a B in one year. Here are some of the industries that are going to be affected by this. The construction industry, of course. Agricultural industry. The service and food industry. Not to mention cleaning services, lawn services. So which one of you is already volunteering to go pick up the strawberries and oranges in Homestead? Which one of you is already lining up to go finish the jobs that they had building those high rises between Miami and Fort Lauderdale? How about Key Biscayne? How about Biscayne Boulevard? Palm Beach? Miami Airport? Fort Lauderdale? Orlando? Let me guess. You're perfectly fine mowing your own lawn now, right? Or you can hire Jeff to do the job that Jose used to do. So here's the thing. Jeff cannot do the job that Jose used to do. Not even close. 
not even for the same price. So now you're going to have to dig a little deeper, actually a lot deeper in your pocket. And which one of you women are going to go and spend the day hunched over and homestead on the fields? Is Jessica going to pick up Juanita's job? I don't think so. How about cleaning? Jennifer, is she going to do Maria's job? Doubt it. How about Scott? Do you think Scott can go do a job that Pedro used to do? Roofing in 95 degree weather with 98% humidity? I'm not saying there aren't Americans that can't do this job or aren't out there doing them. There are, but not a whole lot of them. Who's going to pick up Lupita's job at the Mexican restaurant? Do you think Rhonda will be able to do that? Now, see, the thing you guys are forgetting about is that the Latino community not only pays a shitload of taxes per year, whether you like to fucking believe it or not, they also do the jobs that nobody here wants to fucking do, that no one born in the United States wants to fucking do, for the most part. And that also includes people like me, who were immigrants at one point, who were undocumented at one point, but have been here so fucking long that we have gotten a little spoiled and we don't want to go do those shitty ass jobs. Now, some of us still do have physical jobs out there in the heat, but nothing compared to what these guys will do. And when they're not there to do them anymore, <laughs> guess who's going to do them? Yeah, no one. You lose. Your state loses. Everybody loses. Just wait. Just wait until all those undocumented immigrants leave the state and all the gays leave the state. <sighs> you all might as well just let the motherfucking state sink into the ocean already. You're done. You are And I must apologize for the content of the video, the expletives, because um, we are in error. However, I was not able to bleep it out, um, bleep those out. But I think we all understand what he's saying. We understand, we get the message he's sending. I hope the Latino community in Florida gets it, especially in South Florida. Miami. Go ahead, Dre. For a moment, if you're looking at South Florida, it don't really affect them. If, if you really look deep at, at the Latino community in Florida, and especially South Florida, you have the largest is the Cubans, right? None of this affect them. They all have papers, right? When they come, they get their papers. So they will vote Republicans, right? They, they don't care about anybody else. Then you look at another large demographics, which are Puerto Ricans. They're citizens, right? Then you look at another large demographics, which is Colombians. They have a good embassy over there. Um, the Venezuelan going through their thing, that's another large community, but they also have a pathway, right? So you're looking at a lot of the Latino community in Florida, especially in South Florida, already have a pathway to, 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 to citizenship. So the undocumented ones, like the, the Mexicans, which is not a large demographic in Florida, um, and the one and two Colombians or whatever that that don't that that is undocumented. Once they're in the community, they will figure it out. So they don't care. They will support the Republicans and they will support the Santas. Florida is just not like a lot of states. That's just my opinion. When I look deeply, why they keep on voting for 
the Republicans when the immigration policy don't suit Latinas is because they are just they are okay. That's my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Anybody else? Uh, real quick, um, well, I agree with Jurassic. Um, during the whole presidential election thing, and even after, and I'm gonna talk about this whole um, border patrol and all that um stuff. Um, you have again, if you, when you watch the videos, them, uh, um, the, the 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 Latino community in uh Florida, yeah, them them really not care moments. I I, I really think you talk. You, you watch the video, them the video them support. Look look at small documentary they make support everything what you say even in Mexico you know Mexico even in, um uh California uh kind of the same thing you know what I mean you have Latinos Hispanics who avoid Republican because they feel like them white even when the reporter asks them so how did you got over here or you know did you were your family immigrants I'm telling you, yes they were immigrants but but, you know, they came over here to do what they had to do. And now they're um, legal. They have the proper documents, you know. And these people, they need to have the proper documents too because what they're doing is illegal. And they're, 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 we, we don't know who they are. They might be criminals. I was like, yo, so, you know, I don't want to say it because, yeah, because we're up on the air right now. But, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Um, so everything what you say, I'm, I'm, I'm right. When you're still watching something, them, them, it's like them sell out them own. Ah, you can't say that. Them sell out them own because what? Them good now. You know, <laughs> them come over here, them have them papers and stuff. So them good now. So them own, well, come over. Them own people, you know. Them worry for talk away about them. And I said them need to do the right way. They need to send them back. And, you know, <laughs> it's like them people are delusional or something. You know, but I, I, I don't know. I just saw the system work, or just how oh, these people are. You know what I mean? You gotta have the whole sleeve, and you have the 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 the, the ones them on the plantation. You know what I mean? You have the sellout. I have the one in Wagga right for them people, and these people just come over here and just get sellout because what well, them have vote white. Um, them put on them applications say them white, cause them all of them they them feel like them white, and they'll never be white. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, white people even tell them straight up, yo, you never be a part of the white community, never. You know what I mean? So no matter how much time you want to put on the paper say you're white, how much time you want to vote Republican, how much time you want to sell out your own people, you will never be a part of the white community. You know what I mean? So get that in your head. As you can see, well, is that a, isn't that Latino or some Hispanic dude around the pro boys? Yeah? That, that, make, that makes sense. Or if you're you, you, you not a white person and you are you are the leader of the pro boys, um, um, racist white supremacy group, that makes sense? And look what recently happened in Texas. It's a white supremacy. And that is why I'm going to say, you don't have to be white for practice white supremacy. You get what I mean? So Dre absolutely right. The, the document, them, um, document to them, they for show it. And when they interview these people, they come from these same countries, oh, them is just a bunch of sellout. Because they feel like, say, yo, them white. Yep. <sighs> go ahead. Go right ahead. I can take a couple more comments and then I move on. Go ahead, David. Okay, I'm going to take a slightly different position here. Look, just because people share a same broad ethnic category, or let's just say whatever categorization they put on the census, Hispanic or Latino, just like Asian, American, right, doesn't mean that everybody thinks the same or believes the same way. And part of the problem that the Democratic Party has had is, it, is that it is trying to take the model that it uses for black Americans and then applying it to other groups, right? Thinking that if you apply a sort of, a sort of monolithic idea to a particular group, that, that it doesn't account for the nuances 
you know, of, of, of particular groups. You know, like, for instance, Asian-American people come from 48 different countries. You, you know, you can't just cast out things that you think, assume, for example, that they would be, that, that you would think that they would jump on and assume that they're going to have a feeling that you want in the same way with people from various different, you know, what, 28, 29 countries or so um, uh, from across Latin America and listen here in America are going to uh, coalesce around this issue. You also understand that people have different things that they prioritize. Some people prioritize things like, you know, their religious faith. Some people prioritize things that may be a little bit more conservative in, in terms of their way of life. And so those people make choices in who they vote for because they prioritize those things over other different things. So we have to look at the nuances of various different communities and what may, in various different backgrounds and what may, you know, charge the vote. And also the other thing too is just because people in America may be categorized in one doesn't mean that whatever tensions they had in the, in, in their original parts of the world they came from disappears. It doesn't necessarily disappear. They still may have those same tensions in the United States of America. We just don't see it. So I, I, I look at I look at how the Democratic Party attempts to just try to classify people as just one sort of monolith because because that that monolith has worked, so to speak, in corralling more African Americans at least to continue to vote, even though they don't understand that, that there, there's not that much trust there still. But and, and so that's that seems to be a mistake, right? So it is a mistake to say I prioritize this issue. So why doesn't everybody else at XYZ group prioritize it? So I think once we start understanding the nuances of different communities, and, and I don't think, and look, some people, yes, some people may want to be white, but I don't think that's just the blanket argument you can throw out there. I just understand being a California that there's much more nuances within various different kind of communities. And when you understand the nuances of that community, you'll understand why they may make certain votes that they make. And it doesn't ha always have to do with them trying to be attached to white people. It just means this group may, because what if you vote for Democrat? Aren't you trying to be white too? Because that's the dominant thing there, right? Right, right. So one way or the other, right, right, you know, you know, you know, you're going to be attached to a largely white political apparatus. You're just choosing which one you want. And the only difference I would say between the Democrats and Republicans, and I don't like either party in this regard, is just that they pretend like they care about you, but they don't care, but they really don't care about you, right? So I just think we need to be have a better nuanced understanding of different ethnic groups and the, and, and the different, you know, how those communities work, because that's how you outreach to people. You don't outreach to people by giving them a blanket statement like immigration, right? Like, I wouldn't be shocked if there's diversity of views among any immigrant groups about about the whole immigration debate. I don't think they're all going to think the same because they all have different reasons for coming to it. So that's just what I want to say. I think we just have to think about the nuances of those communities and not just lump them in together. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much, David. And I can take one more comment if anyone wants to go ahead before I move on. Hey, it's Eva. I don't know why the, well, the phone went away. <laughs> Is it okay if I chime in? Just Yes, go right ahead, beloved. And then we're going to move on. Go right ahead. So I was just thinking, like, I haven't been listening as closely because um, I was on the phone. But the way I, I think about it has much to do with among Latinos who are the most progressive and the most educated about race and ethnicity, the idea of Latinidad, the existence of the category of Latino has been problematized because of the range of experiences 
needs, uh, political drivers, and the lack of uniformity of experience. And and so I, I want to say, I just want to just acknowledge that and say that out loud. And, um, and I'm just going to leave that there. Done speaking. All right. Thank you, beloved. So I listened to everyone's points, and I am further convinced that we have to appeal to the Latino community in Florida. Reason being, we rely heavily on the undocumented in this state. We do. South Beach, Miami Beach, starting from the Keys all the way up to West Palm Beach. We rely heavily on them. We need them. And what I don't understand is why are the Republicans, why is Ron DeSantis so against them? Isn't his wife an illegal immigrant? Or wasn't his wife an illegal immigrant? I don't know. He probably forgot that. Weren't his parents, grandparents, sorry, illegal immigrants? Oh, he probably forgot that. How quickly we forget from whence we came. And because we have made it, we forget those who are behind us. Instead of turning to help the way we ought to. And we think we are better than for whatever reason. We need to stop, wake up, and recognize that we need to be helping each other, not hurting each other. Not allowing Ron DeSantis to take $12 million and ship immigrants to Martha's Vineyard or wherever. All politics, some political agenda. These are human beings with feelings and emotions, who have dreams and desires, who want better for their children. We cannot just sit down. And yes, I understand that certain groups are, we might look at them and say, oh, they're going to be okay. For example, the Cubans, they help each other, right? But what about those who have no one to help them? What about those? Um, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, very quick before you move on. Um, I'm going to say this really quick. I'm going to think of people, all people understand what's going on. You see, they, you see Randy Santis and him, him, him cronies them. Them people, them all right. Yeah, all of them was immigrant. Are them for uh, what you call them? All of them, them ancestors was immigrants or whatever it is. Great, great grand, uh, grandparents, my immigrants, and them see what take place. Them see the right thing on the wall. Not all the people see the right thing on the wall. All these people are trying for do a preserve what them have in place, preserve them legacy. Is it me? I say again. The president said that I'm on um, uh, uh, um, about how the white um, whites are doing them by 2040, what 2040 or 2042. You know what I mean? It, um, it are gonna be them are gonna be the minorities and the Hispanic are gonna be the majority. You know what I mean? So th these people see the writing on the wall, and all them are trying to uh, preserve. See, when I call them come and get rid of the the, the Africans, them were were already here. 
you know what I mean? The Native Americans, them, and them just come in and just wipe them out and put in some new system and them in a control from ever since. These people are trying to preserve that legacy. You see me, I say? So, they go, and them know them time is up. As I can see, them are go crazy like roaches. They are kick like roaches that were dead. You see me? Because them see the writing from the wall. Them see a whole heap of things are changed right in front of them. All the way them, 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 them racist ancestors them put in place, I take time I tear down, I, I crumble. So right now, them are kick like roach. You see me? I try to align themselves so that they can always stay in power. Even if them themselves go out, them know them put some people in place, we are going to live look longer for maintaining that legacy where them create. So, so that's all it is. So if them make all these immigrants come in, whether black, um, Hispanic, Latino, whoever it is, you know what I mean, Asian, um, enough for them mind, they must say, yo, them people are going to come in and they are going to tear down because whoever um, these people are coming, um, one group might become the majority. All of them at the end of the day are um, uh, what them love for call minority, but I like the word, you see me, especially where they black people. But anyways, um, them are going to come and them are going to Tear down what we create and put things in place where it now gonna be this majority white. You see me, I say. So is that like what am I try for do? Uh, 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 get rid of these people. Try for do as much as them can do so that these people don't come in and change up them legacy. So it it, it just a scramble for for them maintain what the, the system what them are they have in place and them, so them can continue. For me and TN, especially when them kids them grew up in the system and it's still controlled by um, people who look like them them and them kids. So that's all it is. All that's, right. that's all it is. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your comments. Um, I will say this in closing off on that story before I play the next clip, because we do need to laugh a little bit. Um, I worry for those who are driving down the road in a vehicle and will be profiled just because they're black or Latino. I worry for them. And they may very well be documented folks, born here, as a matter of fact, citizens. I worry for them that they're going to be harassed. But no one is going to harass another vehicle filled with people possibly from Ukraine. They'll be able to get on by because they, they look as though they belong. I worry about that. That is one of the great concerns I have for the state of Florida. But uh, friends found out that I was Ethiopian also, and he, and uh, and then he said the following sentence. He goes, "Is your family okay?" <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" And then he was like, "Do they need food?" <laughs> and I had to explain to him that not everybody in Ethiopia is starving. Like when I was living in Ethiopia, we had so much food. In fact, anytime I did not finish my plate, my aunt would look at me and she would be like, finish up your plates. There are children starving in Flint, Michigan. And I'm like, I know, I saw the commercial. There's a big African dude with a little white baby. And he was like, Look at him. His name is Kyle. For one dollar a day, you could sponsor me. This guy keeps saying, that's fantastic. Can you just laugh instead? 
Are you Kyle? Here's a dollar. My wife. We talk about that all the time, right, Donald? The message that's sent globally about quote unquote third world countries, otherwise, what we prefer to refer to as developing countries, right? Uh, what's, what's the term you use, Donald? Remind me. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, time for stories on the international. Go ahead, Charity go. Charity porn. Charity porn. Charity porn. Yes. <laughs> That guy, Kyle, was not too amused by the, the flip of the script. He wasn't amused at all, but I thought it was funny. But anyway, all right, time for stories out on the international scene. UK court jails Nigerian senator and wife for organ harvest plot. Remember, we've been following the story uh, courtesy of Al Jazeera.com. A wealthy Nigerian politician, his wife and a doctor have been jailed by a London court for trafficking a street trader from Lagos to the United Kingdom to illegally harvest his kidney for a transplant for their seriously ill daughter. The UK's Crown Prosecution Service, CPS, said on Friday that Ike Ekwere Madu had been sentenced to nine years and eight months in the UK's first illegal organ organ harvesting prosecution, while his wife Beatrice, who is 56, was sentenced to four years and six months. Nigerian Dr. Obina Obeta, who is 51, described by prosecutors as a middleman, was jailed for 10 years. The CPS said all three were convicted in March of conspiring to arrange the travel of a man in order to harvest his organs. Is that enough time, though? I don't know. Sounds um, light to me. But... Others might say it's sufficient. I don't know. And how do you bring your own people to another country to murder them, to harvest their organs? All for the mighty dollar, mighty, mighty pound, I should say, probably. And this is something, I think I said it last week, I don't understand it about us. And I, yes, we, we spoke about it last week when we talked about um, Mugabe's daughter who is going through a divorce and how much wealth she has because of corruption. How can we complain about what is done to us, but we turn around and do it to our own people? Are we that desperate? Are we that disconnected? I think that the sentencing is light, if you ask me. Nine years and eight months, ten years and, and, uh, and four years and six months. Go right ahead. I was... Did it didn't actually happen though? It didn't. You're right, Sonet. But I'm sorry. just <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. I know. I hear you have feelings. I have feelings too. <laughs> but like, um, it's it's terrible. But it didn't actually happen. So, <sighs> I get what you're saying. Yes, yes, Sonet. I get what you're saying. Geely said the crazy thing is he wasn't a match, and because he wasn't a match. They discarded him on the streets of London like he wasn't a human being. Okay. This guy, I mean, he's... 
<sighs> okay, I'm gonna stop talking. But Sonette, I'm gonna look for the silver lining in it. Maybe his being discarded because he was not a fit not only will save his life, meaning he'll be able to continue to breathe, but he may just be able to make some changes. You never know. Yeah, hopefully someone contacts him and he, his life changes for the better. Yes. Because he probably was perhaps lower caste, and that's why he was selected to be, to be used in such a disgusting way, but um, hopefully he'll do well. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to look for that silver lining and keep our fingers crossed that things will work out for the good. China to expel Canadian diplomat in tit-for-tat move, also courtesy of Al Jazeera. China's foreign ministry will expel a Canadian diplomat from the country's Shanghai consulate as a reciprocal countermeasure. Hours after Canada declared a Chinese diplomat in China's Toronto consulate as persona non grata over alleged involvement in a campaign to intimidate a Canadian legislator critical of Beijing as a reciprocal countermeasure in reaction to Canada's unscrupulous move China decides to declare Jennifer Lynn Lalonde consul of the consulate general of Canada in Shanghai persona non grata that's according to China's foreign ministry in a statement James what y'all doing up there Y'all getting big and bad up there in, in, in Canada? What's about peaceful Canada? No? Not peaceful anymore? Now you all getting petty up there? Or were you always petty but kept it low-key? James. <laughs> we're following the Americans. You're following the Americans. <laughs> yeah. With okay. the, the, the thing, I don't know. China, China, is, they're very slick because, you know, like, I think I told you too that um, they uncovered um, a private police, Chinese police station somewhere in Ontario. Oh, there's one in New actually, York too. Actually, there was more than one of them. So it's like they they, they kidnap <laughs> a Chinese Canadian and take them back and arrest them and, and fly them out to the country. <laughs> Canada so getting I, bad. I think, yeah, so I think, I think something with this... Um, they were trying to get to some Chinese politician here or something like that. So I think that that was a move why why they had to expel the person. But yeah, China, <laughs> China, I don't know. <laughs> oh boy, thank you, James. Next up, um, my folks in the U.S., we gotta pray for ourselves. Ain't nobody coming to save us. If we wanna be saved, you gotta move to Ukraine. U.S. to provide Ukraine $1.2 billion in long-term security aid. Uh, what's the tab now? How much are we up now, folks? Who's keeping a tab? Somebody needs to keep the books together. Somebody needs to keep the books. Oh, and I do have another video. It, it's, it's a young lady. She sounds like a very young girl. And there, I think she has cursed probably once or twice. But I need us to listen to it. But, um... Yeah, there's some missing money, as we said this before. But anyway, <laughs> the Associated Press is reporting that the U.S. will provide $1.2 billion more in long-term military aid to Ukraine to further bolster its air defenses as Russia continues to pound Ukraine with drones, rockets, and surface-to-air missiles, U.S. officials said yesterday. The aid package... <laughs> 
Can somebody rescue me, please? Is expected to be announced today. And the money will be provided under the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. Unlike the U.S. equipment, weapons, and ammunition that are more frequently sent to Ukraine from Pentagon stocks so they can be delivered quickly, this money is to be spent over the coming months or even years to ensure Ukraine's future security needs. The assistance initiative will fund Hawk air defense systems, air defense munitions, and drones for air defense. It will also buy artillery, ching, 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 people's stocks, um, their, uh, what you call it, return on investment going up. Yeah, their portfolios increasing. Those folks in Congress, I must add, though. Um, It would also buy artillery, rockets, satellite imagery assistance, and funding for ongoing maintenance and spare parts for a variety of systems. They spoke on condition of anonymity because the aid package has not yet been formally announced. Including this package, the U.S. has provided Ukraine at nearly $37 billion. Oh, there goes our total. I think it's wrong, though. Uh, nearly $37 billion in military aid since Russia invaded February in 2022. Was it last week we read about $19 million in meal debt for students in this country? Was it last week or was I dreaming? Parents are being sent to collections because their their children have um, accounts <laughs> for lunch in this country, right? $19 million. I'm sorry. We can't feed your kids. I'm sorry. We can't do that. What am I thinking? Shame on me for even thinking that they would even consider feeding y'all children. You get jumped in or initiated into being a United States citizen when your parents register you as a baby before 10 days after being born by law, signing your life away and making you an employee of the United States at birth. And then they force you into these prison-like structures called school to prepare you for another prison-like structure, which could be actual prison if you don't comply or your job. And then boom, welcome to adulthood where you work and get robbed. They finesse money out of your paycheck every single time you get paid just to give you a very small percentage of that money back. And then the rest of that money, you will never see it again. Let's keep going. That thing that you buy is owned by you you're renting everything that car that you just paid off is not yours you're just renting it you're still paying the government car taxes see what happens if you don't pay your car taxes they're letting you borrow their car and making you pay to drive it and if you don't pay the government their car taxes on their car because it's not yours they will suspend your tags and your registration and if you still drive the car they'll suspend your driver's license and if you still drive the car They will just take your black ass right on the jail. You know, that prison structure that they've been preparing you for, it says grade school. Oh yeah, and that house that you just paid off? You're still renting that because you're still paying land taxes, property taxes. And guess what? If you stop paying the government their cut, they will cut you off. Everything on that land is now theirs to the point where they can sell it to someone else. And now you're old and you're gray and you're about to retire, but you're too sick to actually enjoy the rest of your life because the U.S. government has been putting poison in your food to make money off of the healthcare system. Oh, 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 and not to mention that retirement fund. Yeah, taxed. And then you die. And at any point in your life, if you want to renounce your citizenship, you have to pay an expat tax and exit tax. So let's just be clear. The United States government is your pip who owns all of your fucking shit and gets a cut of all of your fucking money. And if you want to leave, you have to pay your own ransom. Okay? 
And before you start trying to tell me where you think your tax dollars are going, I'm going to need you to do some research on the $21 trillion that the government cannot account for. $21 trillion just fucking missing. Look into it. Still give you the straight. But we have a $19 million debt for um, kids who, whose parents are struggling for lunch. For lunch. For lunch. Um, yeah, for lunch. But we have given $37 billion in military aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to mention we're paying the salary of government workers in Ukraine and the salaries of... Um, people in the medical field in ukraine right um yeah we're doing amazing doing an amazing job we're doing a phenomenal job oh young people don't be fooled young people they're paying attention they're seeing what's going on mm -hmm. you can't fool that young people it's amazing to see how many young people are coming out and talking out. Um, we need more Justins, right? It's a Justin, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need more of them. And we need to protect them as much as we can. Yeah. $37 billion. Um, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I know someone's mic is open. Please go ahead. Yes, so so the interesting thing with this between COVID and the Ukraine war, like especially in so-called developed countries or first world countries, um, yeah, we're now experiencing like, you know, the great experience like the Great Depression, you know, decades ago, um, because what what's happening with, with this money that's going to Ukraine too, not only is America sending all this money to Ukraine, but they're forcing other countries, such as Australia, um, Sweden, um, those countries to um, step up their defense spending. So every for every dollar that they add to defense, um, you know, healthcare, healthcare is being compromised, education has been compromised. So, you know, this Ukraine thing is, is serious. Like I, I heard a breakdown um, with it the other day that there's this um, finance person was talking about and about the defense spending that, you know, because Australia and Canada normally spend about the same for defense. And now because of the geographical location, they said because we're Canada is pretty much sheltered by the U.S. So Canada has like the lowest um, defense spending out of um, all of these developed countries. Um, and what it was saying that that put Canada in a unique position where it's one of the safe, the, the, the most desirable or safest country to live right now. And what's happening with Sweden, we all know people that move to Sweden and, and other places in Europe that um, afford a great lifestyle. We, we heard about Germany the other day where people were talking about working for 34 hours. Those things, those privilege, privileges are going to be gone in the next five years because of the defense spending that this war is causing the, the world so yeah we, we have not seen the, the tip of the iceberg of what this is going to do yet and then with china um getting involved with with what's going on over there in the, in the near future i don't know what's going to happen to the world 
<laughs> you know, so here's the thing. And I think I've made myself clear before. I don't have a problem with us helping people. But when you deny your own, that's where I have a problem. What's the saying? Charity begins at home, right? Attend to the needs of your people first and foremost. We have so much going on here. People are struggling. I said this a couple weeks ago. Inflation is killing us in the supermarkets. We're not even talking, we're not talking about buying clothes and shoes. We're just talking about food, basic food. If you are saying that people, you want people to eat healthy, as healthy as possible, because everything is sprayed and what's supposed to be organic isn't even organic. So funny, yesterday I was in um, a store and I picked up something that says organic coconut milk, God forbid everything that's added on into it as a preservative. It ain't organic. But anyway, um, let us fix up our house first be before we start fixing up everybody else's house. Or if you are going to be helping them, make sure you're helping us alongside helping them. I agree. People around the world need, need help. But we, oft, we seem to be always neglecting our own. It would be like me telling my children in my house, sorry, babe, ain't got no food to give you, but I cook the food and take it next door and look at them and say, eat, eat, be merry, eat, eat up. Come on, no, eat up everything. And then the other neighbors is looking on and saying, but why is she denying her children? Her children are starving, but she's feeding the neighbors. How does that make sense? Instead, shouldn't she share the food for everybody then? If she wants to be generous, if she wants to be compassionate and care, shouldn't she make sure she shares it between her household and the other household? Instead, she's denying her household and giving it to the neighbor. What sense does that make? Or am I being ridiculous? That's not how it's supposed to work. I don't know. I don't know. In Australia, scientists begin vaccinating koalas against chlamydia. Who knew that koalas could have, could have chlamydia? Yeah. According to NPR.org, Australian scientists have begun vaccinating wild koalas against chlamydia in an ambitious field trial in New South Wales. The aim is to test a method for protecting the beloved marsupials did i say that right against a widespread disease that causes blindness infertility and death wow they're saying it's um killing the koalas because they become so sick they can't climb trees to get food or escape predators and females can become infertile wow anybody else knew that um knew about this that koalas can catch chlamydia how do they catch chlamydia, though? That's the next question. Hmm. I'm digging a little deeper to find out how they catch chlamydia, folks. Bear with me. Hmm. I'm not seeing here. I have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some research because that's interesting. Most of the diseases come from the animals. 
and it's transmitted to the people because some people were doing unsavory thing, things or just being around animals too long, um, too much, you know, and then not cleaning behind themselves after they uh, were finished with the animals. Crystal, why you got to say it like that? Um, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in general, <laughs> not specifics. Now the koalas are known to have chlamydia. Wow. To I'm learning something new every day. That's, I, I, I love it here. So um, they're saying, though, that so I'm digging a little deeper down. They're saying that or, the origins of chlamydia in koalas are not confirmed, but scientists believe it's likely that the koalas initially caught the disease from exposure to the feces of infected sheep and cattle. Then it is spread sexually or passed from mother to offspring. While humans and livestock infected with the bacteria that causes chlamydia can be treated with antibiotics. It's not so simple for koalas. The complex microbes inside the stomachs of koalas are designed to neutralize toxins in eucalyptus leaves that are their main food source. And this is according to Matthew Crowther, who is um, a, conserva a conservation biologist at the University of Sydney, but their digestive systems can also neutralize some medicines. So that means they do not respond well to anti um, antibiotic treatment. Come on in, Dr. Keisha. Hi. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I love so uh, just to, I'll be brief, chlamydia, there's different types, right? There's trachomatis, the actual kind that's not an STD. There's the, the chlamydia strain that actually causes those infections in humans. And the one that actually is infecting these koalas is chlamydia pecorum. So I know the name, everyone thinks, oh, an STD, but they can be spread different ways. So not all types of chlamydia are spread the same way. And yes, there are some infections that only happen in humans. And I mean, only happen in humans. There are infections that only happen in animals, which are zoonotic. And then there are infections in animals which spill over to us sometimes, which we're seeing now more because of climate change called zoonotic spillover. But they're all separate. And sometimes they present differently. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for clarifying that for us. Well, who else learned? I know I did. I'll put my hands up on that one. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. And that story wraps up our segment for Latin American and international news. Going to take another quick music break. When we return, we have stories out of North America, along with business and tech and health and science. So keep it locked. Here's some Usher for you. Yeah. Okay, not sure what I did. Okay, my bad. See the thing about you that caught my eye is the same thing that makes me change my mind. Kinda hard to explain, but girl, I'll try. You need to sit down, this may take a while. See this girl, she sort of looks just like you. Even smiles just the way you do So innocent she seemed But I was fooled I'm reminded when I look at you But you remind me of a girl That I once knew See your face whenever I 
Thank you to everyone listening on janoradio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. You're telling me I'm just a friend. You're telling me I'm just a friend. Oh, baby, you. Oh, baby, you. Got what I need. Got what I need. Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. Jesus, the notorious just. Please us with your lyrical thesis. We just chillin', milk em, top billin', silkin', pure linen, me and little seeds. Malibu sea breeze, uh, dawn peas, uh, palm trees, cats named Pablo, and milked out Diablo. The williest, this nigga be the silliest. The more I smoke, the smaller the silliest. Room 112, where the players dwell, and stash more cash than Burp Adele. Inhale, make you feel good like Tony, Tony, Tony. Pick up in your middle like Moni. Yeah. Yeah. She don't know me, but she's setting up the book money. Yeah. Yeah. Try to style, sliding off with a homie. Yeah. Yeah. Escada, Don Gata, player, stays splurging. Game so tight, they call it version. It is Turned Up Tuesday on Coffee and Toe. Thank you so much for joining me every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. For my folks on Clubhouse, thank you for lending your voice. Thank you for lending your opinions, your views, and your perspectives. Without you, coffee and toe would not be possible. Gonna squeeze in one more and then we go ahead and get back to more news and more conversation. I'm with you. 
Come all you want to, money I'ma front you Girl I wanna flaunt That's you, right. I'ma always want you When nobody wants uh -huh. you If I die now my love will still haunt Come you on. Mace ain't the one that'll pay for your phone Mace, ain't the one. Mace be the one that'll take you home Even though I'm not the one that Trey songs I gotta cut you short it's time for us to go ahead and get back to business and it is now time for this is America this is America don't catch you slipping now don't catch you slipping now look what I'm whipping now this is America don't catch you slipping now don't catch you slipping now look what I'm whipping now this is America don't catch you slipping now I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Okay, this is America, folks. What the hell happened over the weekend? Texas, what's up? What's going on? What's in the water in Texas? What's in the air in Texas? What are you people eating over there in Texas? Whew, eyes tired. I is tired. Between Texas and Florida, I don't know. It's as though we're in a competition. For who can be the most bizarre, the most ridiculous. <sighs> okay, let me get into it. The Brownsville driver who hit a crowd of asylum seekers is charged with manslaughter. Story courtesy of NPR.org. Police in Texas have identified 34-year-old George Alvarez as a driver who plowed into a group of people near a migrant shelter on Sunday morning. Eight people died and 10 others were injured in the crash in Brownsville, Texas, a city of roughly 187,000 people that sits on the U.S.-Mexico border. The incident occurred at around 8.30 a.m. on Sunday morning at a bus stop outside the Osanam Center. Police initially charged Alvarez with reckless driving. Initially? Okay. Let me, let me keep it together. Hold it together moments. Let's keep going. But Brownsville Police Chief Felix Sauceda said on Monday morning that authorities have also charged him with eight counts of manslaughter and 10 counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Through the investigation, it was found that the SUV ran a red light, lost control, flipped on its side and a and struck a total of 18 individuals. Sauceda said authorities were not ruling out the possibility that the crash was intentional and noted that police were waiting on toxicology results to determine if, if Alvarez was impaired. Alvarez, a Brownsville local who Sauceda said has an extensive rap sheet apparently tried to flee after hitting the group but was held down by several bystanders alvarez has not been cooperating with investigators the chief added 
all the victims were male and at least some of them were from Venezuela. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Do I feel it's intentional? This is just my gut feeling. My sixth, sixth sense. Yes. I feel so. But until he's proven otherwise, I'm gonna that's my that's my feeling and I'ma hold on to it ten toes down. Sorry. And the reason I feel that way, it's because of what has been happening recently. The deliberate setting of the fire in the um detention center. And I believe that was deliberate, right? Um, the tents that were burned. All asylum seekers. There is an attack, a blatant attack, in my opinion. And if anyone wants to um, share a different perspective, I definitely welcome it because I would really like to think that this was a genuine accident. Meaning, and I know that doesn't sound good either, but meaning that he was probably intoxicated, lost control of the vehicle, and it's a freak accident. Let me put it that way. I really hope that's the case. And I really hope it was not deliberate. But right now, that's how I'm feeling in my heart. Sorry. This is what it is. And then we had the um, shooting. It was at the mall, right? <sighs> Listen, man, we need to do better. Um Marlon, was it? I hope you can speak. I think you were the one who you were telling me that when there was a temporary restriction put in place as it relates to AR rifles, um, semi-automatics, and when that happened, there was a reduction. You saw it on social media or you saw it on news. I don't remember. There was a reduction in the number of heinous crimes that were carried out using these high-powered rifles. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. Um, Bill Clinton put that term back in the 90s on assault rifles. Mm -hmm. um, the, right, the, 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 the crime rate went down and it, it expired um, a couple of years later. The Republicans took it over, but they never re-signed the bill or never put it back in play. And since then, it's just been an uproar um since back way back then to up to now and it's even worse now where um you can just go get a I don't we talk about this almost every week every damn week man nobody needs an assault rifle you're not going to war you know I understand is everybody right to have a gun you know, that's a constitution, right? To have, you know, be bare arms, have a gun or whatever, but assault, assault rifles. Some people got two and three and four assault rifles in their house. Some, some of them have more. You know, I know people right this minute 
who has 10 assault rifles at home. What the hell are you doing with 10 assault rifles in your house? Are you preparing for something? You know, and I keep saying this, and I said it before. Sometimes I sound like a broken record, but I believe nobody wants to do anything. The government does not care. The president don't care because I don't give a crap. You can put in an executive order just for the time you're here to stop the sale of assault rifles. Yes, there's some out there already. I understand that. But most of these people who's doing these crimes, they go buy the gun the same week or, just, or a month before they do their um, the shooting and whatever. It has to be something they, they can. They had the House and they had the Senate when they can put in at least some temporary stuff for the time you're in to stop the sale and hoping that the next president who goes in will keep it. Or if they change it, at least you stop the foolishness for the you know, four years. You know, at least you save a thousand of people in four years. So I, I don't I don't understand this. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Neither Democrat nor Republican, if you ask me. Well, I think it's a good morning, everybody. Good morning. Think, good morning. I think it's a result of the stuff that they've already been putting out there, this divide that they've allowed. Um, you know, all of this, you know, you know, arguments about what woke is and arguments about Republican, Democrat, this, that, and the other. A lot of it stem. It didn't. It didn't start with uh, Trump, but he amplified it. And the reason, I mean, I, I don't know, I, far be it for me to try to get this person's mind, but, you know, I don't remember hearing about all of this violence towards um, asylum seekers before President Trump got in. Mm-hmm. You have individuals who take that hateful rhetoric that he used to get votes to get the presidency and to try to keep the presidency. They take that that hate that he spewed was the hate they were already feeling. Mm-hmm. And now I think they feel emboldened to do these things. And I'm done talking about him. Um, I pray that, you know, for the souls of those that lost and for their families, because you're already, if you're at that border, you're already in a desperate situation. You shouldn't have to worry about these maniacs that have been, you know, politically, you know, encouraged and emboldened to perpetuate violence upon people who are just trying to flee danger only to run into the bosom of even greater danger. So. Thank you, Drew. A family of four has become a family of one after a six-year-old's parents and brother were fatally shot by a gunman at a Texas outlet mall on Saturday. A, a GoFundMe post by the, was, was said, I can't even read this. This is just ridiculous, man. The Houston office of the South Korean consulate confirmed on Monday that three Korean Americans, husband Cho uh, Song, 37, and wife Kang Young, 35, as well as one of their children were killed in the shooting. 
And that's according to the Dallas Morning News. The child's name and age were not given. Um, a total of eight people were shot dead and at least seven others wounded before the gunman was killed by Allen police, by an Allen police officer who was already at the retail center on an unrelated call. It was one of more than 200 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this year. What number day are we at? Somebody tell me. And that's according to the Gun Violence Archive, which, like CNN, defines a mass shooting as one in which four or more people are shot, not including the shooter. People going about their daily lives in schools, parks, grocery stores, and medical buildings in communities big and small must now grapple with the trauma and grief that lingers when the shooting stops. Interestingly, and I had this conversation over the weekend, um, we are allowed to bear arms, right? And everybody's gung-ho for guns. So where are the people who want these guns so badly that they're not there to take these people down? It's always the police. I have a, um, I asked the same question. I have a friend who lives in uh, Texas and I was like, you know, I thought we, I thought you guys had the right to carry, you know, everyone's bearing arms. What, what's up with this? Um, the answer he gave was, are you a sharpshooter? You know, these people have automatic weapons and the other people have just, you know, we'll, we'll say pea shooters for it just to, you know, say something. Mm-hmm. And that they're not, most people are not trained. Most people are not sharpshooters. You can't take, it's like taking a um, knife to a gunfight. Right. So if if this person has an automatic weapon, you need to be very precise. You can't just go pow, 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 and he's going, you know, it doesn't make sense. So... So in other words, then, um, Crystal, something is wrong with the gun laws, then. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say, it's Dr. Keisha, um, it's definitely something wrong with the gun laws. And, you know, we talked about this from the public health, and I've had rooms on this with um, a forensic pathologist that literally writes books on, on gun violence because it's considered a public health crisis when our children, the number one cause of death in our children used to be accidents, and now it's um, being shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually multi-layered because first of all, most general shootings, gun violence deaths, um, the majority are suicide, right? And that's actually white male. When we get to the homicides and such, um, the guns that are being used, only less than 5% are actually automatic rifles. So we need gun legislation that's not just for automatic rifles. People also, when they're able to go to these gun shows and get uh, many, many guns, right, without um, any consequence. And then also there's a lot of guns that are being sold, right, black market, we don't like it, we don't know about. But we definitely need to look at that. The automatic rifles with mass shootings are definitely more, but still less than 50%. So there's still handguns, regardless, people that shouldn't have them or people that are being discharged shouldn't be having them. You know, our children that can't even vote, or I'm sorry, purchase liquor should not be able to go purchase a gun. I think that's that's really where the problem is here. And and when we, we mentioned before, I think there needs to be a round table that includes public health officials that are seeing this and my colleagues that are literally, you know, having to talk to the families and do these, these autopsies every single day. And to the people that are 
sitting here and the schools that are feeling for their safety as teachers, it needs to be a conversation. And to be honest, government only wants to hear themselves speak, unfortunately. But there's many people and there's Student Demand Action, which is an amazing organization of students that, that are fighting for this, that are trying to make change. Thank you so much. Go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, David. It, it, this, I, I can remember and I can't even, there, there's been so many of these incidents over the last few years. It, it's hard to even keep them straight. And that's, that's, that's the sickening part. Um, but I can remember after another incident where literally you had a father sitting at the White House during the previous administration saying, we need to fix this. We need to, my kid is not coming home. I had to bury my kid. You know, we need to fix this. How many, how many more of these incidents do we need to experience to do something? Something's got to be done. And like, like everybody has mentioned, they do not care. It, it it it's it's sickening that this that this is a weekly occurrence. This is a weekly headline. It's 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 frustrating. It's furiating, and it's darn near scary. That you can't even you can't even just go about your normal everyday life without the fear of of not being of somebody not coming home i don't know what the answer is but something needs to be done but sean if you have the people that are making the laws feel immune from the repercussions of the laws they make mm -hmm. then how are you going to make change mm -hmm. and we could talk about people crying and that father at the white house and the kids organization at school but the, the gun lobby is who make the laws. Mm -hmm. They write the laws and give it to this politician to present. The same politician that we vote for. So you vote for them. When they get into Congress, they don't represent you. They represent the lobbies. The lobbies are very powerful. So maybe you have to attack the lobbies. You understand? As long as there are lo people lobbying these politicians, they will continue to sell out. Unless, as somebody mentioned here before, one of the family members very close get affected by this kind of thing, they would they would just continue to give you thoughts and prayers because they think they're immune. It doesn't affect them, and nothing would change. There would be no conversations, and if there is conversation, it will last for one week max until the next mass shooting, and then there would be more thoughts and prayers. So I don't see how that will change. And then people start to get fear. And then the people that don't have guns say, well, I have to get a gun to protect myself. But how much people, even if you have a gun, sometimes can get off from some of the shootings. You'll be unaware, you'll be free. I mean, these professionals sometimes freeze in those moments, much as the ordinary person. There is no comprehensive change coming. It's not coming, not anytime soon. Maybe later, but not anytime soon. Hey, moment. Hey, Afa, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, me want to say something like that about the war, um, the, the driving accident. 
um where the guy um killed the, the, the other immigrants mm-hmm. from the bus stop mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah it when i listen to the news it it at, at first i said probably it was like an accident but um person said that the the he was yelling at the 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 immigrants um, at the bus stop you know what i mean so he made a yell at them and then uh, after when he ran into them he was trying to get away and then person of subdue him um hold him down and so he wouldn't get away also the the the, uh, the authorities uh, law enforcement they're saying that he's not um cooperating with them you know what i mean no if it's just an accident about, you know what i mean why you not cooperate with law enforcement if it's just an accident you know and, and as I must say, he me out there, he, he, he yell at the people them, you know what I mean? There it goes again. This guy is of uh, Hispanic descent, and so are the immigrants. Um, but I don't remember where the, he comes from, but I think the immigrants were Venezuelans, most of Venezuelans, I said, something like something to that nature. So I, I don't know what's going on right there. If one don't like the other, but. Yeah, that kind of strange. So right here, so no, it no feel like it's no accident. Um, no, it it seems intentional, you know. So hopefully, as them continue to do more investigation, then we know for sure. Um, with what happened at the mall, again, here we have another, uh, um, a, a, another guy from Hispanic descent, um. Again, practice white supremacy. You know what I mean? Nazi. <laughs> and I'm just going to start shooting, just start kill people for no reason. Uh, it it no matter. So, so I say, it, it doesn't matter if one of these politicians own children, wife, parent to get caught up. Um, get get um, get murdered by some by some stranger. It it, it not gonna change none. You don't think it's gonna have an effect. You don't think it's it's not. It's okay. It's not called moments again. People might not like when they bring up history, but they have to bring up history when it comes to a, a lot of these stuff, especially here in America. But here's the thing, Alpha. We keep repeating the same history over and over and over and over again. And yes. you know. It's, we it's keep like repeating cycle. the same thing. As as Sean said, it shoot, kill, rally speeches, wash, rings, mm-hmm. repeat this disastrous cycle. Th- that's mm-hmm. all it is. And that's all. And I'm not going to do nothing. Again, you, know, you have to remember you know, these people out here so I, I, I create enemies. You, you know, say you can't go buy a flamethrower? Now, why would somebody want a flamethrower? But yes, it's, it's, it's here in the books where it, it's legal for you to go and buy a flamethrower. You want to know I why, no Alpha? I can tell you why. <laughs> Fear has been instilled in us. Fear. Me know why. Fear has been instilled in us. So everybody is fearful of something and someone. And because of that fear, we feel the only way we can protect ourselves or shield Mm -hmm. ourselves is to arm ourselves. And the unfortunate thing, the people who are arming themselves are the ones who do not need to have access to high-powered rifles, unfortunately. And, it, and, it's, and it's very sad, it, it is disgusting, but that's just reality. 
So oh, what really? you are gonna do? Yeah, 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 yeah. You either go out there, continue for rally with with cardboard or poster or whatever it is, make videos. But not now get But done. after we've said the thing is this: we, we we are on the um broken record piece on this show. Literally, every time there is a shooting, we are. I, I literally need to just go ahead and record all of us and just hit play because guarantee you by the end of the week we're gonna have to hit play again. I'm of sorry. Course. I am sorry to have to and say that. I'm sorry I sound detached, but it this is a miracle. Guns blaring. Go. I'm sorry. I think someone else wanted to say something. Um, before before you speak, let me just do this real quick. Um, Javet sent me over um an article in in a surprise move days after Alan Mall shooting Texas House panel okays a bill raising age to buy semi-automatic rifles why didn't they say they're gonna stop the sale of semi-automatic rifles no they're raising it instead from 18 to 21 go right ahead i i hear the frustration and i know it seems very repetitive um the response at least from the people you know, everyday folks, the response is the same because if anybody's like me, you get to the point where you don't know what to do. I'm, I'm a parent myself and I don't know what to do, um, but I do what I can. Um, try to you know, we try to instill certain things into our children that are positive. We pray for them. Um, we try to get as involved as we can in the school system. Um, but when it comes to these to these events, even if there weren't any guns, there would be mass stabbings. If there weren't any knives, we'd be trying to find a way to bludgeon each other somehow. It's, it's, it is something to be said that there needs to be laws um, enforced to kind of scale these things back. But I'm, I'm a proponent of you can't throw a law at a sin problem. These are matters of the heart. And they're also matters of people's um, lack of psyche, psychological evaluation. I'm glad you said that word because that's a reminder um, for me to play a video, Drew. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And, um, you know, with these, when, you, when you're talking about murder and things like that, like I said, as a Christian, I believe that that's a sin issue because that's a matter of the heart. That's what's in that person's heart to do. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what it is or how to curtail it if it can be um but I, it's like that frustration that you're at it's not detachment or anything i think it's just that's that's one of the stages of it it's like yes it's it's good to be upset about something that you see that's unrighteous something that's something that shouldn't be going on then you have to look at the situation. It doesn't, when people say, oh, we just need to vote the right people in. Well, you've had both Democrat and Republican in office and they're still, it's still happening and there's still no movement. And so what does that tell you? Well, what can I do? That's all you can do is what you can do. And 
pray to God that, you know, your family gets home safe. And I know that that's not very comforting, but it's like, that is, that's the world that we're in and that they're there. We, we just like, just like those victims, you don't know who's standing next to you. You Um, don't. It's one of the reasons why I don't do a lot. I go to work, go to the gas station, go to the grocery store, go to church, go home. I don't do a whole lot of the other stuff because I don't know who's standing next to me. Um, yeah, it's you know, like I said, it's it. You know, we can we can go over it and over it and over it in the conversation, but the reality of the situation is, um, everyday people we have we have to figure out a way to navigate life because those that are in leadership are not doing the things necessary to protect the people yeah and so while while yeah we you know this is this like you said it could be a reason why people are purchasing weapons it's a reason why i looked into the concealed carry laws in my state because i was in kenosha when the riots were happening it was my first time being in the riot city that's in wisconsin right yeah kenosha right and and it was it's a trip when you drive down the street and the national guard is here it's a trip when you have to be at home by six o'clock and the police is texting everybody's phone numbers saying saying you cannot be on the streets between this hour and that hour it's a trip but it's, it's something that we live through you know, as oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. As you're you're speaking, as you're speaking, I I found the video and I want to play the video. And this is someone who is Italian, who is talking <laughs> about the issues here in the U.S. Young man, I'm gonna play. Please, um, humor me. The one thing I will never understand here: how people keep on telling me how I'm privileged and here and there and this and that. Oh, because I have family. Guys, let me explain to you how Italian culture works, which is one thing that I don't know why in America they don't teach you. And this is probably why you have one of the highest depression rates and solitude rates in the world. Guys, in Italy, we have something that we call uh, societal welfare, social welfare, aka every single person has a network of people that helps each other out uh, on different levels. You have psychological problems, you always have somebody to talk to. Family helps each other. Family raises you, but then you take care of them. So the perfect example I can give to you, in Italy, we take care of the elders all the way to the end. We take care of them in our houses. You guys push them in a retirement home. That is the saddest thing in the world. You call it privilege because your society taught you about individualism. Probably because your society wants to control you. Because there's one way you control people is to keep them isolated. One by one, alone, let them see some kind of information, let me dogmatize them and let me control them. What you call privilege in Italy is normality. If your society is messed up, it's not my fault. Before criticizing on the foundation of Italian society, which is the societal caution, look at your own, where you incentivize single families. There are literally tax incentives for single parents, as if society wants you to separate. Guys, the only way for you to come out 
and to break a vicious cycle is to create a community around you that you can lift up with you. Ever wonder why some of the richest cultures in the world act exactly this way? You know exactly what I'm talking about. But in some cultures, when one person makes money, another 20 made money with him or with her. These kinds of cultures have been running for centuries, even millennia. That somehow some marketing genius convinced you that everything you do here has to be alone. Which on one side is beautiful. Individualism and personal growth and everything is a beautiful thing. But also knowing that you can rely on a substrate of people that create this cushion for an entire community is a beautiful thing. Combine the two and you can create something magnificent. And this is not privilege, this is common sense, guys. Read some history, understand, look at people, look at society, look at the problems, look at better societies, look at the general happiness in other cultures, look at why they're happier, and then understand. But before commenting on a single person as privileged because of something that is embedded in his culture, because what I just described is embedded in Italian culture as well as Spanish and many other Mediterranean cultures, look in and figure out your own society. Ciao. He's absolutely right. We are a depressed nation. A depressed nation filled with people who are fearful. Living in fear. Crippled by fear. And why is this fair there? Because the people that we elect and put there to represent us, and I'm not saying us per, per se, but generally speaking, the people that we put in positions of power to look out for our interests, the only thing they do is stand up behind podiums and create divide push the message of discrimination, racism, and segregation because they want you to feel that you're more different than you are alike. And the more fearful we become is the more secluded we become. Yeah. My 17-year-old my, my um, over the weekend he and his girlfriend, well, his girlfriend said to me, is it okay if we go to a um, concert? And he told me the artist's name and blah, blah, blah. And right away, my heart started pounding and my answer was no. Young people can't even enjoy themselves anymore because parents are fearful that they will go to a concert and something may happen to them. That's not how we're supposed to live. But unfortunately, that's what it is. We are depressed. And it's so true. I remember, you know, <laughs> the first time nursing home. Nursing home? What the heck? People just pushing their, pe their, uh, pushing their family members into nursing homes. They don't want to be bothered with them. They're a burden. They discard them there. That's what, they, that's what they do and then wait for them to die and then run to the lawyer so they can get what they can. And of course, that's why nursing home is a lucrative business. Nursing homes are a lucrative business here, in, business here in this country. I'm from a culture. I'm from the Caribbean. I'm from Jamaica. And you look after your own till the day they die. I think I've said it before. 
My mother's mother died right in our home. My dad's stepmother died in her home. Everybody dies at home with you look after your own. We don't have time for that in this country. Go ahead, Donald. I, I think the nursing home um, culture is a Western something, or maybe American, I don't know. But most cultures, in a lot of cultures, the old is revered. You know, it's like it's like an honor to take care of, of the aging people, and they pass on a lot of knowledge. You spend a lot of time with the kids and stuff like that, too. And um, that's how some of the traditions and some of the stuff are passed on mm -hmm. from generation to generation. But here... Even if you look at the whole nuclear family, I thought it was more or less an American phenomenon. I'm not sure I'm subject to correction, but as you know, in the in the Caribbean, we have the extended family. So paying for daycare is like, what do you mean pay, you have to pay for daycare? Because you always have the, the grandmother, the cousins, the whatever. It's like one family. The family was not a wife, a husband, and the children. The family was the, the entire unit. In, in, in a lot of cultures, so I don't know. Because when you, it, it's difficult to do it on your own, especially for instance, imagine you're a single um, a single parent. There is a lot of people, for instance, in the Caribbean and other places who whose fathers was not around, but they always had father figures, you know? They always had people that was there to make sure they take, take on that role. So even the whole single parent thing is slightly different in a community-based, you know, culture. Yeah, I yield. Thank you, Donna. Moments. Uh, look, with, with, with the video where you play, you know, I mean, what Daniela, um, Daniela said. Look, all of this was all done on design to tear the family apart. That's what the, the West pushes. It, it to tear the family apart. What, 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 what do you think? Every minute you see them more, more try to do certain things in Africa, um, Caribbean, especially here, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the African American community here in, uh, in the US, them, them try to rip the family apart. That are them goal. You see me? If we can rip the family apart, especially the black community, trust me, man, nobody there for pick up, um, for, for stand up for nobody, you know what I mean? And everything just start go along the drain. Well, you know what I mean? Them guys, them, them enter, them, them bring in the, the guns, um, the drugs. <laughs> Isn't me I say? The gang started, them created, um, them created, um, uh, the, the ghettos. Like, Elder's been saying this from like decades now. Say, yo, it's, it's, it's like you have to have the, the, the mental capacity for sit down and, and understand where these. With these demons, these evil entities, I, I think you have, you have, you have to sit down and just try and study white supremacy. And, and I guess once you study it and you start to see through the lens with film lens, people understand more why them do the things they do. And you understand, you even before sometimes you see it happen, you, you, you it's like you started with the writing on the wall. It's like more, it's, it's like when you start to do certain research and about certain stuff and. Yeah, yeah, watch a movie. It's like you can't tell what got happened. And even when it, and it, when it happened, you know why it happened. You see me? Sometimes it might be, and it, 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 more time it, it end up be like a nuisance to your family member. Yeah, watch a show. And I say, oh, oh, so why it have to be um, that person here where this happened to? You know, because you see the, the foolishness. What am I trying to do? 
You see me? You see the, the nonsense? Them, you, you see the writing for now because what? You, you start to see, study these people, um, their behavior, their history, and then you start to have a better understanding um, of why they do certain things and why they continue to do certain stuff. You see me? I say? So more, and when we elders them come now and try to say certain things, or people think, say, oh, we're crazy and, and all them something there and them have no sense or you know them them is uh whatever they want to call them a conspiracy theories and then as time go by you see the the, the, the people them who the who elders and mothers tell about come out and say it out of them own mouth leak videos leak documents start to come out and tell you where where elders you say about these people no it might some it it, it might go over them head and so my oh John Oster, you know say um elder such and such that said this um from um way back in a 2010 or whatever and two and what 15 <laughs> 5 10 15 years later them just I realized what the elders them just that say from, from almost decades ago yeah you see me so me me make sure that's what I'm telling you, me me make sure try to know the country I'm there me know for, I try my best to make sure I know the people them over their own. And I try my best to understand why them do certain stuff. I try to know them history. I try to listen to them document, them documentary. Um, I come across leaked videos, as um uh, leaked documents. But I read it. My persons who I do the research, who out there do the research, and I bring you all this um knowledge, all this evidence. But still, I'm gonna listen to them. You see me? I say so. When we see certain things that take place, while the other, the, the, the average Joe are, are puzzled and I wonder why certain things that take place, I'm, I, me, me, me see it, me see the writing, me say, oh, oh you, you know why I'm do that? I'm do it because such and such, because this is what I'm, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I, I, that, that's all people need to do. Understand who you are dealing with. Understand the enemy. If I understand the enemy, you know exactly why I'm doing certain things. And when they, you know exactly why I'm doing certain things, right then and there, you know how for, for maneuver. You know what I mean? And when you come on to, and, and when you come on to these gun laws, are two things you can do. You, you can either stay here and get armed up, or you can try your best work as mo- uh, and save as much money as you can and move go somewhere else. Two things. Because it no matter who you vote for, them not going to do nothing. Because at the end of the day, a one bird, you see me I say? I just yeah. one bird. Two same uh, wing pan, one bird. The two of them racist, two of them not like nobody. One in your face uh, with it, one behind your back with it. Until people understand that, the mother continue to ask, why do they do this? Why the government not do this? Why right, which is what I said. We're like a broken yeah. record, you know? Yeah, yeah we keep so saying the same thing over yeah. and over. So, for yeah. you understand your enemy, you know exactly how them think. You know exactly what kind of moves they need to make. And, you, and as I said, you either get armed up or you're going to leave. Save your money and go somewhere else when you have to worry about them problems. But All until right. then, you're going to continue to worry and you're going to continue to stress and you're going to continue to have the argument here. Uh, this that's an argument, but this, um, this, this, this conversation, yeah, yeah, this conversation. Yeah. Uh, 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 because tomorrow or next week, I got hear about the next shooting again <laughs> and all uh, kind of foolishness. Oh, and boy. the government will do this for put things up place for um, some people get create division. Are they do this to a certain group of people? And I think, say? yeah, and uh, as yeah, I said, after we keep saying done. the same thing over and over again, and we've been saying it since you know for other stories on the show. But let me just read a couple of comments from the chat because I gotta keep moving, it's almost the bottom of the hour. Um, Crystal says, We have allowed wayward people to run things under the guise of selecting 
the lesser of two evils. Evil is evil. And I think Virginia, with this comment, is referring to taking care of our own Chinese. The Chinese and the Indians do the same. Javet said, my daughter was to do a show at an outside event for Cinco de Mayo this past weekend. I was so af- I was afraid, but I did not put my fears on her. I asked her to be vigilant in paying attention to her surroundings and the people around her. Virginia says it is a North American mentality. Drew said, when you don't have much political power, you don't allow it. It happens to you. Many people do not have the structure in place to be a 24-hour caregiver, and they rely on retirement living. Uh, Virginia said, Drew, that is where the neighborhood and community steps in within those countries. Uh, Retirement living is not the answer, and I have to agree with that. Um, But what is when you can't stay home all day and you don't have support? What do struggling families do? Where is the community here in the U.S.? Community is gone. There is no community, unfortunately. We see very little of it. And the reason we see very little of it is because of what we played in the video earlier, individualism. We talk about working together as a unit, coming together as a unit but everybody is on their own personal journey trying to acquire as much as they can for themselves nobody thinks community anymore okay so let us say there is a woman who has four children and i'm as a matter of fact let me make it very personal i'm going to bring it to my husband and his um grandmother who passed away a couple years ago so she has three daughters here in the States. They all worked, all work. But not once did they ever consider putting her in a nursing home right here in the States. What did they do? Everybody stepped up. If this one had to be away for work for a particular amount of time, she goes to the other daughter. And she goes, and that is how it is. So from daughter to daughter to daughter. So she's always within the house, in a home, within the family. Everybody juggled their schedules to make it work. And that's how it is supposed to be. It's a group effort. You, you work as a team at work, don't you, to accomplish a goal, right? When there is a task that is set forth, everybody has to put their brains together and figure it out so that, you know, if there's a bonus attached, you all can get this bonus, right? Why can't we do that for our families? Why? No, we are focused on individualism and that is what is destroying us as a people. I have said right here, and I know Donald said it up to last week, It is incumbent upon us to know what everybody else does so that we can support each other right here on Coffee and Toe. It starts with us. What is community? Do we understand community? And we have, it's going to be hard. I get it because we have strayed from it for so long because of capitalism. But we are going to have to make a conscious effort to try. It's going to be hard, but we can rescue ourselves. If other communities don't know what it is to be a community, we can teach them by teaching ourselves or going back to the old customs. We cannot put a Louis Vuitton bag, chasing a Louis Vuitton bag over 
family. And there's no other way for me to put it. We have to learn to work together. Can I say something, Marant? You have one minute, James, and then I got to keep moving. Okay. Yeah, I think what we need to understand, it's like a North American type of capitalism. You know, like when you look at the system, just look at it from a simple point of view. Like if there wasn't a 50% divorce rate in North America, would there be a housing crisis in North America? No, because when you separate people, you know, a husband and wife that sharing one bed, no, they're sharing different homes, different bed. Um, and when you look at even the survey that came out that, that said like Indian Americans were um, the highest um, household income earners, um, what you also need to look into that too, Indian, the system makes the least amount of money from Indian Americans, um, from Asian Americans, they made they make the least amount of money from those groups, because the the those groups are buying less cars, they're buying you know less they're spending less at um, grocery store per person because they pool their resources together. So whenever you separate groups, it's not like the system hate people. The system loves money. When you separate groups, you make more money. So I think as a people, we need to understand that. <laughs> I'm laughing, folks, because I'm looking at Dr. A.G.'s um, PTR. I am silently correcting your grammar. Don't worry, Dr. A.G. I'm always happy to point out my um, grammatical errors. <laughs> oh, boy, but I thank you. I, I like that PTR. Um, all right, we got to keep it moving. We, we, we got to figure something out. Um, I think we've said this here. We cannot rely on leaders to do it for us. We're going to have to figure out how to do it for ourselves. And with that said, it is now time for. Did we get into business and tech news yet? Where did we start? I'm, I'm so out of it. No, we did. This is America. <laughs> business and tech segment burger king to close 400 restaurants by the end of 2023 it has been confirmed according to ballalert.com that burger king will be closing its doors to 400 restaurants by the end of 2023 on saturday the ceo of restaurant brands international inc announced that they are preparing to close between 300 to 400 locations after receiving the q1 earnings results ceo joshua kobza said that the company historically closes a couple hundred burger king restaurants every year Earlier this year, three significantly large locations went bankrupt. Tom's King in Illinois, EYM King in Michigan, and Meridian Restaurants Unlimited in Utah. So far, 124 Burger Kings have already closed this year, lowering the overall number in the United States to fewer than 7,000. It's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing. 
and, and hear me why I'm saying that. The unhealthy food. That's why I'm saying it's not a bad thing. What is bad? Um, folks out of a job, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. But moments, the restaurants are closing, but the food is not going away. <laughs> That's what people need to understand. The reason why they're closing is that because of the new format. Um, they're, they're doing um, ghost kitchens, which are like factory type settings. Yeah, you, you've so, spoken about that several times. Yeah. Yeah, so there's still access. Like, okay, for example, there are a couple of new ones that opened, that just opened um, in, in Toronto. And it almost looked like a, a factory with a conveyor belt. And say, for example, like one, um, say, 2,000 square foot um, place, which is not that big, right? And in that one facility, they can operate 25 to 30 restaurants from that one. So you have one of them that would have like a Starbucks, a Burger King, a KFC, and it's like the food they're coming out on conveyor belt, like a factory setting. So the food is not disappearing. It's just that they're, they're finding more effective and, and effective way for cost-effective ways. <laughs> cost-effective ways yeah for investors to keep more money in their pockets yeah yeah so the honey healthy food is not going anywhere <laughs> well with um with restaurants closing the next story tells us that there is an increase in wages yeah usc's increase in wages beating inflation as hiring rises in key industries and i think i have a soundbite for this one story courtesy of wsvn out of miami and i do here we go at TD Bank, we see the story behind every transaction. Nana, grandma got me overnight. Like yesterday, when this grandma went big for... New data shows wages are finally beating inflation as employers add jobs and increase paychecks. Cole Hagan shows us which industries are paying. Hiring and wages on the rise, at least for now. The latest jobs report painting a brighter picture of the U.S. labor market. Americans are starting to finally catch up with respect to wages and prices. The latest data from the Labor Department shows workers' paychecks grew in April by 16 cents to an average of $33.36 an hour. That's the biggest monthly increase since March 2022. Increasing jobs, increasing pay, mean an improvement in the cost of living crisis that too many households have had to work through over the past 24 months. Industries that are struggling to hire are handing out fatter paychecks. A recent survey from the National Federation of Independent Business found 53% of small businesses reported few or no qualified applicants for the positions they were trying to fill. According to that report, construction, transportation, and wholesale jobs are the hardest to fill right now. Meanwhile, employees in the leisure and hospitality sector, including bars, restaurants, and hotels, are also seeing strong wage gains. When the U.S. lost 20 million jobs in March and April of 2020, much of it was in the service sector. It was the hardest hit component of, of our economy. Economists say many service workers had been reluctant to return to the industry as it works to bounce back from pandemic losses and faces recession fears. Now, as we are on the other side of that, that hiring has really been strong. Leisure and hospitality has been the stalwart of the jobs recovery. Cole Higgins, 7 News. Well, folks, they say that, um, every transaction. Close that out. So they say, <laughs> but you notice what they said, construction, right? <laughs> 
Okay, it's time for our health and science segment. The news you need to start your morning. You'll hear the three biggest stories of the day, plus reporting and analysis from NPR News. Click the play button below to listen. Support for NPR comes from Amazon Business, a 2023 lead sponsor of Up First. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Learn more at amazonbusiness.com. For the first time, the Food and Drug Administration is considering whether to allow a birth control pill to be sold over the counter. Independent advisors are holding a two-day meeting starting today to help the agency decide what to do. This report from NPR health correspondent Rob Stein is available without a prescription. Birth control pills are super popular because they're so effective and safe. But in the U.S., women have always had to get a prescription first to get them. And Kelly Blanchard, who heads the nonprofit research group IBIS Reproductive Health, says that makes it hard for many women. So it could be... You know, if someone doesn't have a health care provider trying to find a provider, could be, you know, the time it would take to get an appointment, the cost to get to that appointment, taking time off work, organizing child care, you know, all of those things really add up. So allowing women of any age to just walk into any drugstore to grab some pills off the shelf could make a huge difference, especially for less affluent women. I am very excited. It's an extremely important historic moment for contraception access. The request is for a pill that would be sold as O-pill. It's what's known as a progestin-only pill because it only contains a synthetic version of the hormone progesterone to prevent pregnancy. Most pills also contain estrogen. Major medical groups like the American Medical Association and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists are backing the request, but groups like the Catholic Medical Association are opposed, and not just on religious grounds. Dr. Tim Millay, who heads the association's Health Policy Committee, questions the safety of making a birth control pill available without a prescription. He also worries that easier access would help sex traffickers, and that skipping the requirement to see a doctor would harm women's health in other ways. It eliminates the need to see a physician for the prescription. That will eliminate the screenings for ovarian cancer, for cervical cancer, for sexually transmitted infections. An FDA assessment also raised questions about taking a doctor out of the equation, about whether women would take the pill every day at the same time like they're supposed to, and whether women who shouldn't take it because of other health problems would know that. But proponents dismiss all that. They say there's plenty of evidence that women can easily handle it. Pills are available without a prescription in more than 100 other countries. Dr. Jack Resnick, Jr. heads the American Medical Association. We think the evidence is quite clear. So first of all, oral contraceptives have been used safely by millions of women in the United States and around the world since the 1960s. And we think it is important to still get your breast and pelvic exams and cancer screenings and screenings for sexually transmitted infections, but they're not necessary prior to initiating or refilling an oral contraceptive. And Resnick and others say easy access to effective birth control has never been more important, given that access to abortion is increasingly being restricted in this country. Dr. Daniel Grossman is an OBGYN at the University of California, San Francisco. Reproductive rights are under attack, and certainly in places where abortion access has become more restricted, 
it's critical that people have access to all the possible tools to prevent an unwanted pregnancy. The FDA advisors will meet for the next two days to sift through all the scientific evidence. The agency is expected to make a final decision by the end of the summer. Rob Stein, NPR News. So, um, real quick before anyone opens their mic. Um, Javed put in the, back, in, in the back channel, this story does not make sense with the current legislation banning abortion. So, that's a good point because... I'm sure we've heard where they are trying to stop access to um, contraceptives. So I'm not understanding. Dr. Keisha, please enlighten us. So I, I like the article, and yes, FDA is reviewing this. So this is different, right, than the morning after pill. This is different than the abortion pill, the mifeprestone, which you know has been in Supreme Court and right now is being temporarily allowed. Um, this is this is just like the regular right pills. You take the estrogen and progesterone pills, but this is progesterone only, which is safer. You know, I would say I see both sides of the cord f- coin. First of all, with what's going on with Roe versus Wade and all of these other things, having some way that women can now access the pill, right, to to prevent unwanted pregnancies will kind of counteract all the crazy stuff that's going on, right, with after the fact. So I, in, that, in that sense, I understand it, but I do see the point of what people are saying with, number one, if now women that don't have access are not going to the doctor, period, first of all, those who have abnormal bleeding shouldn't be taking this and need to be seen. Um, if, you know, if, if they're at the age where they need to be screened for HPV, which we know causes cervical cancer, oral cancer, anal cancer, so many cancers um, that we're seeing a rise of, by the way, um, then I don't want this to be an alternative. And then in the sex trafficking, now that they're able to stock up on these, and this will be even more of a harbinger for them. So that's my one concern. But, you know, as a healthcare professional, I do see there's populations where they don't have access, these inequities that we have. And, and getting to the doctor, or the trust with the doctor, or even having the, the, the money to go, then this, this would help that. But I don't want this to be a, okay, because of this, I don't have to see the doctor um, type of thing. And yes, it has nothing to do with it. There's no legislation right now saying that people cannot get the regular contraceptive pills. And mind you that these are actually used for other things. Um, those who have polycystic ovarian disease, um, medications similar to this are also used for that. So um, there's many reasons why people actually have to go on the pill. So I think it, it definitely has its purpose. It's not going to be hindered. All right. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate your input there and clarification. I can take one comment and then I have to keep it moving. Go right ahead. Donald, go right ahead, Donald. Okay, moments. My concern here is that you close down clinics that is giving people overall like health assessments and looking at your health overall and you're you're promoting a pill that is produced by the same big pharma for people to self like well not medicate but to to literally take the matters in their own hands i just find it so i don't understand you understand and yes you may have the good and the bad but you literally cut the healthcare industry when you take away all these clinics and all this that is available to people. And the same demographic of people that you literally is the biggest disadvantage, now you're giving them pills that they could do it on their own. 
something just something is off something doesn't here. sit right with you all right yeah. so in the chat um javette says i feel they will go after birth control soon dr keisha says they are closing abortion clinics not women's health clinics and so said thank you dr keisha Shar said when i got married our parents lived uh okay hold on they're probably Shar crystal probably have a different conversation i'm trying to see okay yeah that's a different conversation but um for some strange reason, I see what you're saying, um, Donald, that they, there is something a little off because you can't really trust <laughs> Big Pharma. Um, who can you trust really? But at the same time, I would implore women, um, young ladies to seek medical advice. Do not just because it's ease of access do not just get up and take it upon yourselves to go ahead and get this please um go to your clinics there are community clinics go there um for what it's worth go and get um medical advice please so that you can move cautiously and do what is best for you and your body um and something was pointed out in um in the the, the recording the less affluent making it more accessible for the less affluent right um and of course we know we know that usually what's made more accessible for the less affluent is not always the best especially when you let's look at food for example right depending on the zip code you live in you may not want to shop in that zip code for your foods you may want to go to the town 20 minutes away because they have better produce there more fresh produce right so things to definitely consider okay so um we do have a believe it or not story i gotta play this one for you at td bank we see the story behind every train td bank must be a huge um like yesterday when this grandma went big for nate's birthday <laughs> okay I'm trying to skip the video here. This one is front. Anybody heard about this one? The, anybody heard about this one? Okay, why won't it play for me? Um, the frontier passenger that boarded the wrong plane. Well, how about this? Something going just plain wrong when a frontier passenger accidentally boards the wrong flight. That woman was headed for Jacksonville, but ended up on a flight to Jamaica instead. Woohoo! Didn't have her passport on hand. Airline officials say there had been a gate change prior to takeoff, but the passenger was unaware and ended up on the wrong flight. Now, once in Jamaica, she had to remain on the tarmac until eventually boarding another flight to Philadelphia. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? So, okay. So from my understanding, she walked away from the gate. She went to use the restroom, right? And I don't know how long she was in that restroom for, but when she got back, her flight is already gone and another plane is there boarding. She didn't read that. Don't they have the big screens or the big things right there to tell you the next flight heading where? From, from from my recollection, it tells you this flight is going, this is the airline, this is the flight number, it's going to Cancun or going to um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Croix or something. It tells you. Were you not paying attention? 
how did she get through? That's that's the crazy. Part. Hold on, a, the agent. I don't know. I go ahead, go ahead, Sonette. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, so I read the story. What happened was she was waiting there, then she went to the bathroom, and by the time she got back to the gate, the woman was like calling her name. Let's call her Beverly Smith. I've forgotten. They have her name in the story. They're like the woman. She came up to the gate because they were. She was laughed aboard. The woman says, "Are you Beverly Smith?" She says, "Yes, that's me." And she buzzed her through the flight attendant and put her on the plane. And she got on. She's like, "Wait, this is not my flight." She says. When she got on planes, when they told her, this flight is going to Jamaica, she was going to Jackson, Florida. She's like, I don't need to go to Jamaica. I have a beach right there. It's like, no, well, this flight is going to Jamaica. And by that time, she's off in the air. She gets there to Jamaica. She can't leave the plane because it's, she does not, not, does not have a passport with her. Right. right? Then, right. But it, while she was there, in, when she got, before all of this happened, this woman was just in a, a, a bit of a, a mess the entire day. She cut her hand when she was putting her bag in that bag sizing thing. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they've refunded everything to her, okay. all her money. And I think she needs to be compensated farther more because, like, this was just a mess and on it was with the airplane staff. So mm. she didn't, there was no sign. She was, they had been boarding, even her flight, I think the Jackson had been boarding, but she didn't realize that it moved at the gates that quickly while she stepped away. So they, um, yeah, it was a flight people's problem. It wasn't her for not look. I mean, honestly, yeah, you should watch your screen, but she didn't have time. She was running back to the gate where she had been waiting prior to her step away. Okay. Right. Yeah, that person will get fired because that's messed up. Like, like how are you calling her and don't realize she's not under? Like, how did they have her name in that system? Because, you know, like if there if there's two different airlines boarding at the same time, one computer on one side and the other on the other side. So how did that conflict? I don't know how the wrong airline have her information to sell to her to board. Yeah, go ahead, Aphrodite. Thank you, Kay. Go right ahead, Aphrodite. Hi, Kate. But um, I have a one question, yeah. actually, the fact. Hi, babes. I was just saying the fact that you, I worked in the airlines before, and it literally goes back to the person who was checking her in, because technically, they're not just to pronounce the name, and then you run inside the plane. They're supposed to check your ticket and confirm that you're in the right plane. Mm -hmm. so the reason why I think they come and they were able to give her all her cash back, because it's not really her fault. It's the airline, whoever checked her in at the time. So therefore, that's their problem, not hers. Not hers. All right, perfect. Thank you, Aphrodite Shar. You were gonna say something. I believe you had opened your mic. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say what um Aphrodite said because your tickets are checked every step of the way, so it's not possible that it's the you know passengers' fault. It's crazy. Sometimes they treat you like criminals if you can't locate your tickets. So True. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So based on everyone's feedback, um, it is the airline's fault. And then um, Geely, be nice. Geely said, let's not forget Frontier is Spirit Airlines, brother. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> the worst. The worst, the worst. Oh, gosh. Well, folks, it is that time. Come on. Oh, 
my gosh, I gotta give a big thank you to everyone that logged on to www.qmzradio.com. Remember to keep it logged on for quality music while you work or play. QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And thank you to everyone that logged on to JanoRadio.com. J A H K N O. The app is available in your Apple and Google Play stores for that non stop party vibe. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And I have to give a big thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I am so appreciative. Always appreciate your perspectives, your opinions, your views, and of course, the conversation. Coming up 7 p.m. Eastern tonight or this evening. Live on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, WKRIS, CoffeeRadio.com. It is the Rose Solo Show. Tune in. Tomorrow it is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. So, of course, that means our playlist will be songs by women. Big thank you to everyone in the audience with me, Dr. A.G. Thank you for supporting from down there. Uh, Mike, Empress, Sula, Tasha, Geely, PTR, A.M. Rivers, that is, Virginia, Bridget, and everyone else that was there earlier. Thank you so much, and thank you for your contributions via the chat and the back channel. On the stage with me, Latoya, Chief Aphrodite, Crystal, DJ Naturalist. Keshar, Afo, Marlon, Matey, Donald, Sean, and everyone else that was here earlier. Thank you for lending your voice to the conversation. And of course, my co-mods, Javet, Sanet, and Rosolo, who I know had to bow out. She's in the office. Thank you so much. I am forever grateful. This was a Moments With Me media production. QMZ Radio and Jano Radio. This is Moments With Me signing out. Where the party at? If the party's where you're at, let me hear you say, oh, oh.